With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Good morning, everybody. Happy, happy, happy Fox football Saturday, the divisional round, the last great weekend of the NFL where it's a full four, Saturday two, Sunday two, we begin the divisional round today, oh my, oh my, I'm Anthony Gargano, we are the fellas coming live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com. And here he is. And you smutty saw him this week hobnobbing with his old coach. He's Mr. Raider, Mr. Hall of Famer, Mr. Football, Lincoln Kennedy. Hey, <laughs> what's happening, Kevin? Uh, I'm ready, man. We got Are football today. You know what sucks, dude? It's what? The last, this is the last weekend. Aww. Jonas said it. Jonas said it. He said it. He was ready. He was la- he even, this is why we love Jonas. He's so on, pay, on point, right? He said, this is the last full weekend, so just enjoy it. <laughs> and he was right on. He's right on because he's in tune. Like, it's over. You know, the championship games. There's only three games left after yeah. this weekend. Yeah, true story. True story. But you know what? I, excuse me. 
Been real impressed with what we've seen so far. I mean, what a great national championship game in the week of reflection. Oh. Uh, and, and then, you know, had some good playoff football last week. Looking forward to four good games, and, and it's going to dwindle down. It's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, well, I think the biggest question mark, it really, in, all, in my opinion, is who's going to represent the NFC. I think the AFC, we already know who's that, who that's going to be, and I don't want to admit. Oh. admit. Yeah, no, I mean, we, I think Steelers <laughs> still have a chance in this thing. Oh, really? You know, we'll, we'll, yeah, I mean, we'll see. With, with you know, with they, I, I don't buy any of the Le'Veon Bell distractions. I don't right. buy any of that nonsense. Uh, but we'll get to that showdown because that showdown has been won in the cards the minute the Chiefs kind of fell off. Yep. You kind of knew it was going to be just Pittsburgh and New England. But you're right on, brother. It's, uh, the NFC is completely wide open. Today, Eagles and Falcons. Tomorrow, Saints and Vikings. And, you know, you can make a case really for any of these teams mm-hmm. that where <clears throat> any of them can come out of it. Uh, today's going to be an interesting day. And I'll tell you that uh, I am live right here in Philadelphia uh, for the divisional playoff. And. The weather is going to play a big part in this game, Lincoln. I know that. I already know that. It, it, temperatures dropping. I'm up in Connecticut, so I it, they said it was supposed to be dropping significantly. Weather played an issue in last night. Yeah, I'm in Connecticut for the Walter Camp thing. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I can never keep yeah. track of you. Oh, no. I'm all over the place. I never uh, keep track <laughs> of you. You know, we're actually in the same time zone. Yes, we are. We are. Oh, I, I didn't know that. So, yeah. So, I'm the, so, so the weather is, 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 is the temperature dropping here. Yesterday, it was in, in, in uh, New Haven, Connecticut. It was raining, and it was up in the upper 50s, maybe close to 60 degrees. And I guess today is supposed to drop about 20 degrees uh, down to the 40s. And I'm looking at the weather report, and they say the high is reported in, uh, in Philly is only uh, 38, right? No, actually, yeah, it's it's interesting. Right now, as we speak, it is fifty four degrees. Right. All right. And and by the time we're done this show, it's going to go down to actually thirty one. Woo! I'm sorry, twenty nine. Oh, it's even worse. It's below freezing. (laughs) And by kickoff, it's going to be somewhere around twenty nine degrees. Now you, and, you have, and great well, winds. You you should probably explain how, um, you know, how is that going to affect a team, especially like who live in, in Atlanta? How that could possibly affect them? I mean, we all know that Atlanta has a dome team; it's a southern uh, team. It can affect you because that cold that's in Philadelphia. I told you a while back when we were talking about Nick Foles, that weather, that home field advantage is going to play into it, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. You you said it. You picked the Eagles all along. Uh, it's also going to be even worse for the passing game. The quarterbacks. Winds 24 mile an hour out of the west. And it's uh, Lincoln Financial Field is always a windy place, and it's going to get even windier. 24 mile an hour winds, gusts up to 40, and that's going to affect the passing game. And I got to, I got to think. It's disadvantage. Falcons, the Eagles are going to make no bones about it. They're going to want to come in today, and they're going to want to run the football. They have three backs that they like, a well-rested Jay Ajayi. They have their big back in LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, they have a rookie who's who's played really well, Nate Clement, um, who's, a, who's a kid out of Wisconsin, if you remember, who's a, who's a pretty good back. They might even dress Wendell Smallwood in the screen game. So like they're going to come at you with an array of heavy packages, 13 personnel, six offensive linemen. They're going to go big. They're going to try to run against the smallest Atlanta defense. Meanwhile, Falcons link, 
You know, I Matt Ryan. Look, he played. He's from Philadelphia. He's actually from, from um, really Stone Stroh, where I'm sitting at right now. I actually did Matt's charity event last year. He does it every summer back here, and and, and I did his I emceed his event last year. Uh, who thought that he would be back here for a divisional round? But you know, he's used to the cold, and he played his college football, Boston College. However. When you go into Matt's stats and you look at it, he's only played in sub-freezing temperatures twice in his NFL career. Yeah, I can believe that. I can believe that. And I think he has something to be said. I mean, when you live in somewhere else, he's living in Atlanta. I don't know where he makes his permanent home in the offseason, but you're not dealing with that winter. The one time you turn up, and I'm sure the, you know the, the, the Falcons have been there for a few days, but anticipating this, try to get used to it. But it's definitely going to affect you. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and there was really nothing to get used to because yesterday it was sixty-five degrees. Yeah, so you know they, they're not—they're going to get hit um, like a ton of bricks with this thing. And beyond just Matt Ryan, it's Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu, uh, Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman. You know those guys are going to be affected. That it's a great passing game is going to be affected now. The Falcons too have really have really good backs in Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman. So the one thing they can do and, and is they can run the ball and they can throw it out of the backfield. Like the one thing that I thought was missing from the Falcons offense this year was all that stuff. If you remember last year, what Kyle Shanahan did utilizing the backs out of the backfield and not just in the screen game. They utilize them in, in, in the flat. They utilize them with uh, wheel routes. They were able to get those guys in heavily involved in the passing game, creating all those mismatches. And then once you create those mismatches, then oh by the way, you got you got Julio and you have Sanu as a great possession receiver. So they can go to their backs, and it's going to be interesting because it's going to be a battle of the backs today. And I like what you're thinking. You know, the thing is, is that they were able to set up a, a lot of mismatch on their backs against linebackers and put them in a, in a difficult position, especially out of the backfield. And they've been trying to duplicate that some, at some times, but it's been a little bit more difficult. They haven't had the chemistry down. But the Falcons are on a roll. I mean, you know, to me, it's impressive. I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. They did. They had a, you know, a good game against the Rams. I do give them a you know a, a nice shot, especially the way that that Foles played against the Eagles. Uh, but it, they're going to it's going to be difficult if they get that thing rolling. They can be dangerous. They as you mentioned, they have a ton of weapons on offense. They do. It's it's going to be a a, a ball control game uh, for me. It's going to be how well the Atlanta defense can get off the field. And I'm going to point to last year these two teams met, and the Eagles beat them last year at Lincoln Financial Field. And yes, Carson Wentz was the quarterback, but this is not the same team that was around Carson Wentz. The Eagles won that day by controlling the clock. They ran 30 more plays. They held the ball for almost a 2-to-1 ratio. They were able to get 20, I think it was 26 first downs to just 11 for the Falcons. And what happened was... The Falcons got frustrated. The Eagles were able to play ball control. They were able to play keep away. And they were able to get first downs against that small Atlanta front. So let, let's see if you know if that's changed and they can get off the field. Because last year, the, the, the recipe played out. Because the Eagles want to do what they did last year, Lincoln, 
which is ball control, eat up clock, shorten the game, and that's what happened last year. That's good old-fashioned football. I mean, when you have a potent offense on the other side of the field, what's the best defense? You can keep them off the field. So yes. if you're able to control the clock and control the, the momentum of it and able to put points on the board, you put the pressure on the opposing offense, and next thing you know, this is what you have. You come, you're trying to come from behind, you get frustrated, and you lack of first downs, no consistency, you're, you're, you're in a bind. Yep. And then uh, you're in Patriot country, and then tonight it's going to be interesting. Tennessee and New England, obviously everybody knows it's the biggest spread of the weekend. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, obviously it's a gigantic mismatch. I thought Kansas City would win last week, and they were up, and they probably should have won. Had Andy Reid stuck to the run and not forget who Kareem Hunt was. But beyond that. What did I tell you? What did you I tell you? said it. You so said the it. moment if they if they do what they're, they're supposed to, they stick with their their guns and and keep with Kareem Hunt, they'll be fine. But the moment they get gimmicky, that's the problem. And also yeah. the fact that loss of Kelsey, I mean, uh, yeah, Kelsey was really big because Alex Smith just looked lost for his. It his really third hurt. It, you know, it really hurt him big yeah. time. In fairness to Andy because he took a lot of he's taking a lot of hits, and and I do think he's a really good coach. You know, the Kelsey injury killed him. You remember there was a first down. That uh, there was a throw to the backup tight end. Yeah, it was a Kelsey throw, right. which would have been a first down and would have set up, would have got them into Tennessee territory and probably right. set up a game-winning field goal. And he just flat out dropped it. Yep, yep. So, but we'll get into all the games: the uh, Steelers and Jags, the incredible game tomorrow, which is going to be Minnesota and New Orleans. That rematch. So we'll get to it all. Breakdown. Also, a one look, final look at the national championship. Matt Rule, the coach at Baylor, who was in the news this week, he was interviewing uh, interviewing within the Indianapolis Colts. He'll join us in uh, in the nine o'clock hour, the East six o'clock hour in the West. So we'll talk to, we'll catch up with Baylor coach Matt Rule. He'll do some NFL breakdown with us as well. Baldy will be joining us with some NFL breakdown. We got lots to do. We're the fellas from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios right here on Fox Sports Radio. So what does it mean when Geico says 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Hey, we're the fellas. He's Anthony Gargano. I'm Lincoln Kennedy. Both happen to be in the same time zone. I'm in uh, Connecticut for Walter Camp, uh, getting ready for the black tie event tonight. And Anthony's in Philadelphia getting ready for his Eagles to see if they're sore and he'll be able to sing that that fight song uh, if they after they score. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, the, the theme here in Philadelphia is the – and Jonas touched on this, and he, and he was so true, so right on. Jonas Knox, who is a great listen. Make sure you listen to Jonas or download his podcast. Uh, he, he was talking about the – attitude of the fan base in Philadelphia and how uh they're a front to beating an underdog and it's true like you know there's an outcry this week about being treated like the Browns like hey this is still the number one seed I know there's no Carson Wentz but there's still the one seed since when did we come the Browns was really the the rallying cry right. from the players to the fans from the players too yeah oh, they were the they were the lead dog here Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the players were upset. What do you mean underdog? There was that was posted that they were the first one seed to be a home underdog. 
So that was uh, that was posted in the locker room this wow. week. The, Little uh, bullets bro- aboard material, huh? Yeah, Brandon Graham barking at reporters, <laughs> out of town reporters. Wow. Oh yeah, you think we're you know, and so that that's the that's the angle that Doug Peterson has gone this whole week. All right, uh, brother, let's uh, take a let's uh, take a moment and introduce the crew because we are the fellows. We come to each week. We have our fine producer. Triple N, Michael. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, gentlemen. How we doing? How we feeling? Wonderbar. Yeah, I. You know, I'm. I'm like amped right now. You should I, be, I, man. I, I'm hosting no, a playoff no. game at the link. Yeah, you should be. Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, and not for that. I mean, I'm amped. Well, you know, part of it. But I'm amped for these four games. Like I'm amped for all four games right now. Like it's, it's game day. It, it's the best weekend in in football. It like it the, the, is. usually something crazy will always go down in the divisional round. Like it's always guaranteed. I mean, yes, these games don't look like that appetizing to the average football viewer, but like that Saints Vikings game is going to be fantastic. I can't That's wait. A great I, game. Oh, I, I can't I'll tell you, Jacksonville Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's getting. It, I I thought in, earlier in the week I thought that that was going to potentially be a massacre because Pittsburgh's got so much to prove after getting blown out in week five. But now with the Le'Veon Bell stuff coming out and Antonio Brown being questionable, I'm starting to question it, man. It's 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 going to be closer than people think. Like that could be interesting. Bortles has just got to stay out of trouble. Well, yeah. you know, Bortles gets it just as much as LeBron James does. So I mean, he, where did that comparison come from, yeah. man? Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's so. Bad. That was bad. That that's was so really bad. bad. Huh? That's so bad. That's horrible. When I heard that, I was like, "What did he just say?" I had to look it up. <laughs> no, I, I had to do a double take. Like, some somebody uh, told me what he said, and I was oh, like, "Wait, wait, man. wait, what? He, he really said that? Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's no, true. I mean, it's it's hard being Blake Bortles. It's hard." <laughs> we'll, we'll get to him because he's he's an embarrassment. He just is. Um, but I think he's actually play. He's going to bounce back and play well. Uh, and then of course, I was Sam, our fine uh, sound engineer, associate Hello, producer, gentlemen. Anthony, how are uh, Eagles fans uh, feeling about today? Are they just sort of accepting their fate? Like it's just gonna. Like shrug your shoulders and come what no, may. No, not at all. I, no. I, and and by the way, I, I don't this think house. There is, I don't think there is. Uh, an accept the fate. I don't think this is an accept the fate game. I don't think this is a. Uh, this is miracle on ice for the for the Eagles to beat the Falcons. Like this is what wouldn't be some dramatic upset. This isn't the Titans Patriots. True, but well, I mean, if they get past this game, then. Just keep going, huh? Just keep going. Just keep winning. Well, I think they're looking at it like, you know, let's just see if they can win this game. And then, you know, again, you know, Minnesota and New Orleans, New Orleans, they're both really good, but I don't think that they go, oh, my God, that's the 95 Cowboys, right? So, you know, I mean, I think there is this there's this notion here. And, look, I think all these teams have kind of a similar outlook, right? If I'm Atlanta, I go – well, you counted us out, defending champ. We've been at the hangover. We've been asked about it all year long. And and you can make the case for a great story out of any of them, right? Like, look at the hangover that we had to deal with. And we got back to the Super Bowl. Or look at Minnesota, the first team to finally host the Super Bowl, which is an incredible story. 
New Orleans with Drew Brees playing almost complimentary. The swan song as on as he as a yeah, exit career man. in you know, out of New Orleans or whatever. Um, I mean, they're all four great stories. I mean, there's there's he, a ton of stories, and that's what makes yeah. the NFL great, and that's why we're so intrigued about watching. I mean, there's there's that's no right. slam dunks this weekend, uh, and, and and so even when we get into our predictions later on in the show, you know, we can explain we can we can explain several ways how the other team could win or what they need to do to win this game. Yeah, yeah, that's right, and of course on trending. There he is, our man Figgy. What's up, Figgy? Fellas, pleasure to talk to you guys as always. Figgy, man, and thanks for being a loyal man. Oh, always, along, brother. I got your back, with, Anthony. Along with Triple M. Oh, you know that, brother. I got you. You know. And bet my man Big Link saw you at the uh, Gruden presser earlier. Rock- oh, yeah, rocking the gold chain. Hopefully, yeah. like, Grady Jackson didn't try to snatch it to, like, pull a crab tree when you were nothing. No, no, he knew better. Okay, we, cool. We, we were about to get a little, yeah. you know, rumble yeah. in it because yeah. we had a full D-line, a full O-line. Yeah, O-line, so it D-line work, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. so it was, it was about to get a little a little heated out there, but but we, we cooler heads prevailed. Good, good, good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Well, but but Anthony, you know I got your back. Well, of course you do. I, I always know that. You're, that's why you're a fella. You're a true fella. Oh, yeah. Mike, uh, Triple M's a true fella. You know. This is, that's a, this is a dig rolls. at me coming back to one little prop bet we made last show. Come on, dude, dude. We're, we're all loyal, man. Come on. <laughs> the fact that the, the TV cameras are going to go to first. Like prop it's... bet monster. <laughs> I love yeah. the prop bet monster. <laughs> me too. And you know what? I finished... In our regular season, I finished in second place. I'm proud out of, of you. Out of, you what know, a gold star. Ma- picking all the right picks. When a lollipop. And you know what? <laughs> they might, face. Those cameras might settle on Pat's King of Steaks first, all right? There was like four options. They don't call it Pat's King of Steaks. Well, I, that's what's on the sheet, all right? I know, but they don't I call don't it that. What do they, they call, call it? Pat's Steaks. Okay, Pat's Steaks. All right. See, a guy from Philly didn't make that list. They would know. That's right. That's right. Thank I've been to face. Philly many a time, but I'm not from Philly, so... I didn't write it either, so what can you say? <laughs> uh, Big Link was at the Gruden Presser. How about the that, The Gruden huh? Dog is back. Lincoln, highlights and uh, tell us when you uh, backstage when you shook hands with your old coach. Well, you know, I, I arrived in Oakland, and uh, I was actually sharing a ride with Rich Gannon. And, you know, Rich and Get I had out. a friendship. Yeah, yeah, over to the facility. And we were talking. We got to talking about the whole thing. And you know, Rich. You know, of course, I had to ask him a question right then and there. What what was these rumors I heard about him? You know, possibly being a quarterback coach. He says he don't know. He didn't know. Obviously, he didn't take the you know the end of all. Uh, he didn't take the gig or uh, interview for. Oh, he interviewed, but didn't take it. Uh, citing that you know he's got tenure at CBS. It's a big deal to leave TV uh, and get back in it. But I think Rich, part of him, probably wants a challenge of coaching, but it just wasn't. Uh, it's not going to happen right now. Um, the thing is, is that when when even and I talked to it, I talked to you about it. We talked about it on the show. The Gruden hire is it, it's exciting for the Raider Nation for the most part. It's exciting for the Raiders organization because Mark Davis expressed that he wanted this. The, the you know wanted Gruden back since he started since he took over the team. Um, and then of course the turnout from the former players and we saw a lot of guys from the time that we had uh, we played under Gruden. I can't be too overly critical of him because. His offensive philosophy helped, you know, propel my career to the next level. And what I mean by that is getting into Pro Bowls and All Pro status, and of course the playoffs, and eventually going to Super Bowl was a, a, di- a direct reflection. And when we had him for the four years, you know, we had we were over 500 um, um, every year that we had him. And so uh, it, it's, but it's a different game to me. It really is. It's a different game. And I told Gruden this when I talked to him. Um, today's players are different. These guys. 
they don't to me a lot of times they don't show the same passion for the game as guys in the past and I know you hear that from generations Anthony you've been around a lot of guys uh, that talk and talk about today's player compared to when they play but there's something that 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 just misleads me when I watch them because there's in that locker room the Raiders locker room specifically I'm trying to figure out who's the who's the internal leader who's that motivator who's that guy who'll go over to every guy and you know, hit them in the chest plate or whatever it is and say, look, let's go. Let's get this thing fired up. I don't know who that person is. And it's and and but there are some personalities. There are some personalities who are going to clash currently on the roster who would clash with John Gruden. So they're going to have to tweak that roster. I don't know if that puts them behind the eight ball or that, you know, makes or, or they have to, you know, they have to find a way to um, cover up those holes and move forward because, the people want a championship. They want a championship caliber team, especially before they move to Vegas. So it's a push. It's a really difficult job. Well, uh, you know, sit tight for a second because I got a lot of questions. And most of mine surround the quarterback and that whole relationship between Carr and Gruden. And, and we'll get into all that stuff. Uh, also, a look back at the national championship game, which was I mean, incredible. Just a, a, an instant classic. But first, here he is, loyal soldier. That's right. Foxhole man. Mm-hmm. Figgy. Foxhole Figgy. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I have to roll with that. Make that my new Twitter profile or something. Or Anthony. That's it, baby. <laughs> uh, we got some NBA action on Friday night. How about the Warriors getting a one away to 94 victory over the Milwaukee Bucks without Steph Curry? Missed his second game with an ankle injury. Second straight game, I should say. Kevin Durant picked up the slack. 26 points, 6 boards, 6 assists. Draymond Green, 21 points and 10 boards as Golden State has now won 11 straight games on the road. They held Milwaukee to 12 points in the fourth quarter. The Indiana Pacers erased a 22-point deficit in the first quarter. They come back and beat the Cavaliers 97-95. to It's their third straight victory over Cleveland this season. Darren Collison had 22 points for Indiana. Cleveland now with three straight losses. They did not have Isaiah Thomas or Dwayne Wade, both of those guys, resting on Friday night. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Elsewhere in the NBA, the Rockets got their third straight victory. They beat the Suns in Phoenix 112-95. Chris Paul, 25 points and 8 rebounds in the victory there. The Twin Towers putting in work there for the Pelicans. Anthony Davis, 36 points, 9 boards. DeMarcus Cousins, 24 points, 19 rebounds and 8 assists. Pelicans beat the Blazers 119-113. to Victories for the Nuggets, Nets, and Wizards as well. Some NFL news that broke late on Friday night. Uh, 49ers rookie linebacker Reuben Foster arrested in Tuscaloosa, Alabama for misdemeanor marijuana possession. He was released on $2,500 bond. This story is significant because he's already in the substance abuse program based off of a diluted urine sample he received at the Combine last April. Gentlemen. Thank you, Fag. And, of course, we are the fellas. Lincoln Kennedy, Anthony Gargano, every week right here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios in Los Angeles. We're 15 minutes. That's all it takes you to find. You can save 15% or more car insurance. Uh, just go to geico.com for that free rate quote. Here we are, Divisional Saturday. The first of uh, the game would be Eagles and Falcons. And then tonight, Patriots, Titans tomorrow early. Jacksonville, Pittsburgh. And then the doozy Vikings and Saints. 
But earlier this week, John Gruden, the $100 million man, was introduced as, again, the coach of the Oakland Raiders. And uh, there, bearing witness to it all, was Lincoln Kennedy. And, Lincoln, one of my questions, and I know he talked about Derek Carr being a, a CEO quarterback. That's what he wants. Is Derek Carr... I don't want to. I don't want to. How do I put this? Does Derek Carr have the acumen to be a Gruden quarterback? Now you know what kind of playbook that Gruden has. Like you know what kind of offense he has. Right. That it's encyclopedic. Right. That offense is Derek Carr the CEO for that offense. Yes, he can be. I mean, he will be. I, I think that you know Gruden's going to and, and Olson are going to come down there and break down the basics with Derek. Derek is is a good student. He's an uh, he's an, an athlete that's always striving to to be better. And I think he'll I think he'll be excited to be under Gruden. Um, the, the thing is, is that you know when you when you talk about what what Gruden watched over the last decade of doing TV, he watched guys like Drew Brees and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Break down defenses before the play even starts. And we have seen some semblance out of Derek over the last couple of years, Musgrave uh, two years ago, and then Downing last year, where he was trying to do that, where they have what, what I call a check with me system. Uh, and you have a couple plays, you call a couple plays in the huddle, and you can either check, run, or pass based on what you, know, what you see defensively. Now, Derek uh, you know, had regressed this year. Um, there were some times he got confused, and there were some times he didn't know where to go, and it was just mismanaged. But under Gruden, I think he'll be fine. What, what do you think? What, what do you think needs to change offensively? Well, first of all, Gruden's going to have to dial back his intensity because he's not going to be as he can't be as fiery or as uh, you know flashy a coach with Derek Carr because Derek Carr's not not of that mindset. We're talking about a a, a family guy a. a um, uh, very quiet, wants to be everybody's friends. He's not one of those guys. Rich Gannon was a lot fiery. That, um, and in my experience, um, there was only two quarterbacks under Gruden time with the Raiders, uh, and they were complete opposites: Jeff George versus Rich Gannon. So he he's not going to be he's not going to be able to approach it the same as he did a long time ago when he first got the gig with the Raiders. It's going to be different. Uh, when you when you're picking apart that team. And you're looking at Gruden and all the stuff that he's learned coming from the booth, which I think is optimum, by the way, because I think you have, you know the league, you know systems, you know teams, you know right. coaches, you know tendencies. You're in on production meetings. You're you're just engrossed in the league, and and you know a lot. You have a lot of data, and it, most important, you know players. Certainly, you, you know who's good. You know how you know where, where to look at. You know how to game plan, all that sort of thing. So, Link, when you when you look at this and you look at where Gruden is, does he seem different than? You know how I, I'm sure he's different, but how? What are the differences to when you remember him to now? He's eager for a second chance. When I first met him, he had got his first. He, you know, he obviously was with the Eagles, or not obviously. Most of the people don't know that he was with the Eagles, uh, and then he got a chance as a young coach, a very young coach, to come over to the Raiders. He was eager and he was ecstatic to get in and to do something, and he eventually made the Raiders his own. Uh, we had, as I mentioned earlier, we had success offensively. Uh, we had success as a team uh, under his tutelage. And so when he went to Tampa Bay and things didn't go out the quite the way they did after he won a Super Bowl with Dungy's team, 
you know, he, he wanted a chance to prove himself again. And that's what he had right now with this opportunity. And the thing is, is that he's excited to work with Derek Carr because you see a young prospect, a talent. And you know if you have a quarterback, you have a chance. So the foundation is set for this team to be successful. There are some pieces missing. There's no denying it. They've got to figure out what they're going to do with Marshawn Lynch. Um, uh, and, and, if, and if they need, if they don't keep him around, which I don't think is going to happen, um, then they're going to have to find a big back. Um, they're also going to have to, uh, in, in, Gruden's, in, in Gruden's philosophy, in Gruden's style, the type of back that he would need would, see, would be somebody like a, a Charlie Garner who he had back in the day who could do everything, run between the tackles, can, can take linebackers on, on routes and stuff like that and beat, and beat people. Or, you know, a modern-day Todd Gurley. Uh, Greg Olson, who's come over from the Rams, the reason why the Rams were as successful they were offensively this year is not only Jared Goff was more consistent and confident with his, his passing game, but they made Gurley a part of their passing game. Out of the backfield, as you talked about with Devon Booker and every other, you know, guys, uh, the Falcons like the Falcons did last year, that's going to be a big part of the Raiders' offense. That was a big, big part of our offense back in the day. Um, so they got to find what they're going to do in the, in, with the with the backfield. They need to, they need help at the right tackle. And I'm only talking offensively, but Gruden's going to implement a system that is going to be able to exploit the ability of Jared Cook at the tight end in the middle of the field. He's going to implement a system that's going to get Amari Cooper a lot more touches. And if it's Cordero Patterson or whoever the other receiver is going, they're also going to be a part of the offense. I don't necessarily see Crabtree and Gruden gelling. I don't, unfortunately. I, and I think that, I think that marriage is going to be is going to be. I, I could be wrong, but I, I unless he Gruden's has really changed his way, I don't see that taking off. Defensively, there's still some holes. So it's anyone's guess how involved in team. Decisions, personnel decisions. Gruden's going to be asked him. He was mum, mum's word about it. Um, but uh, but hopefully him and Reggie McKenzie work well and put this thing together because they got a really short window. What was the uh, what's what do you think the the mood of the Raider Nation is? They're excited, yeah. ecstatic. I mean, everyone is excited. Matter of fact, they're you know the the buzz this past week was when they announced the international game. How many Raider fans want to go over and see the Raiders take the Seahawks on in October fourteenth? That's right. It's one of the international series, one of the yep. London games. Yep. Um, which is very cool. Eagles, There's a big Chucky buzz. There's yeah. a big Chucky Chucky buzz. And the, a lot of a lot of people I talked to in the Raider Nation were the most surprising aspect of this guys was the length of the contract. Ten years. That's a yeah, huge commitment. It is, but you know, when you think about it, you know, um it makes a lot of sense to go that you know, to to, to go that long. Um you're going to give him every which way. He's got to. He's going to orchestrate to move to Vegas. He's the perfect ambassador to Las Vegas to to expand Raider Nation. Certainly to like that whole you know that whole West. You know it's amazing with, with you know where because there's there's very few teams. You got Arizona to the south of you. And we know Rams and Chargers to the West, but really, you know, you know, you're already got, you're going to control the Bay Area because you can still drive to to Vegas for the games, um, and then you have all that whole area, that well, vast part of the country. The nation has always been well traveled. The nation has always been well well traveled. But now you just expanded yeah. even more. Yeah. I mean, you know? you know, there are a lot of people who've been on the fence over the last couple of years, uh, Raider Nation. But I, I think for the most part, they're still going to find a way to go to the games. It's not, it's not going to be the same being in Oakland. I get that, but as I've told everybody I've talked to, 
You know, this team, this is the, the Raiders are one of the more iconic teams in professional sports. There is no reason why they should be sharing the best stadium with a baseball team. No reason. No, I look, I agree. And love the black hole, love the whole thing, love Oakland. I'm, I'm sad that they are leaving Oakland, but. You know, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of yeah. interesting. Uh, it's it, the Vegas thing provides such a fascinating backdrop. That it, it does. really does. It just that it does, and it, it's supposed to be. They're supposed to be there. All right, uh, we'll come back and let, let's get. I want. I want to do one look back at the championship game, and uh, I want to look at a kid named Tua, Lincoln Kennedy, Anthony Gargano, where the fellas on Fox Sports Radio. Tim Bob Cooter. Progressive's new Home Quote Explorer makes it easier to protect what you love. Just go online, compare quotes, and choose what's right for you. Progressive.com is your home for all things home insurance. All right, so uh, when we go back to Monday night. Wow. It, it was one of those games that just didn't disappoint. Not only that, it enthralled overtime playoff national championship georgia out to the big lead halftime here comes the 18 year old freshman true freshman by way of hawaii same school as marcus mariota somehow family to the polyne from the polynesian islands to hawaii to tuscaloosa <laughs> Talk about a journey, right? Right? I, and, you know, it's so interesting, the journey of Tua and his family. So, I, um, you know, Vi Sekihema? Yeah. Who mm-hmm. uh, played in the league a long time. Mm-hmm. He's a dear friend of mine. He's like the godfather of Polynesian uh, football players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, the, the, the Vi is in uh, Hawaii right now for mm-hmm. the uh, Polynesian Football Hall of Fame. Okay. And it, fascinating stuff uh, mm-hmm. with uh, that whole thing. But he had chronicled the, the whole family moving to Alabama. So it's everyone that's moved there. And he's got a younger brother who uh, who's, whose name's Tao, who is six foot four, and another quarterback and, and is amazing. So Tua comes in in relief to Jalen Hurts, whom, by the way, was just sensational. Jalen Hurts was sensational. Sensational uh, his attitude. Oh no his, no his attitude yeah his certainly. attitude yeah, I was. I was about to say amazing. his play. I mean no no know. no we we all know what happened and he was not good on in the first half but there he was front and center on the sidelines celebrating with che- team cheering yeah. on to yeah. uh, cheering on his team Very the admirable. mark of a really good leader certainly and, you know I get the kids got my utmost respect absolutely you know and uh, but Tua comes in and. You know, it's it's amazing how many eighteen year olds come into that spot, eighty thousand strong, and you know he can he throws a bad pick at one point, like you know off the bat that you're going to move the ball because you can see the way he moves, right? And you can see his arm action, yeah. But then he, you know, he he, he throws a key interception, and he comes back from that interception and drives down the field and scores a touchdown, yeah. You know, the thing is, is that when, when I looked at the game, first of all, I have to commend Nick Saban and his staff for making a move. The, you know, I don't put as much emphasis on the word true freshman or freshman anymore because I've seen a lot of young guys play very early. But on this stage, this platform, I think it's notable to, to admit that a coaching staff that makes this type of change at halftime 
because their their quarterback is is struggling is something you don't see every day. And and it actually panned down and worked well for him. But, you know, the gist of it is that Georgia and Alabama's defenses are basically mirrored. They're they're identical. So what so when they Jalen struggled to basically beat his own defense. And the backup quarterback who's probably played against scout team doing all this knew exactly how to attack Georgia's defense. And I knew it was over. I knew that that, that Alabama was going to win when the when the TV showed one stat. I guess it referred back to the 2012 SEC championship when Georgia had them down by a similar lead at the same time. And I said, that's exactly what's going to happen tonight. They're going to lose. Uh, they're going to lose this lead and come back because Jake Fromm, for what it's worth, struggled the second half. The play calling, in my opinion, for for the Georgia side was was pathetic. Uh, they got away from uh, a lot of things they were doing because they started to panic. Um, but you know, t- tip my hat to Alabama. I, it was a great game. Uh, I, I'm I'm one of these guys who's tired of talking about them, but I, I got to tip my hat and give credit where credit is due. They 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 earned that. They definitely earned that, and they took it away from Georgia after they were being down. That's a sign of a good football team. Wow. Wow. All I got to say is wow. I'm, just, I'm calling it like I see. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm people are just people that are listening to us for the first time. So I love Alabama. And uh, Link does not. I'm tired so, of talking about Alabama like I'm tired of talking about the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I just love the way they play. I love the yeah. program. We I'm happy about. as hell. Yeah. Um, but you're again. I'm. You know, Link is is Pac-12 bias shows. Not Pac-12 comes, bias. Comes I want from, I want parody. Bias. Pac-12 bias. You you. Have, I played in the pack, so yes, I got some loyalty and love for it, but it's not so being biased. No, no problem. No problem. Georgia's going to be good for many years ago, and, and Alabama's still Alabama. But it was a great game, man. It, it was, was a great game. An yeah. amazing game. The thing that got me was, so then you had, this, you had the sack, and then after the sack, he's able, I mean, there's a breakdown defensively. Right. And because after that sack, weren't you going, oh, my God, Georgia's going to win? Well, no, after uh, the, both teams took a sack, which I was just up in my arms. You cannot take a sack in that situation. Uh, but Georgia was able to make the long field go. Now, after Alabama got the sack, you know, it was said, okay, what, what I commend them for coming back and doing is the fact that that's the way a quarterback's supposed to play against the cover, too. You're supposed to look the safety one way and then come back and launch it. And I have no idea what the hell Georgia was thinking by following the eyes of them. I know they're trying to make a play, but you got to stick with your guns. Your safety on the cover, too, has got to make sure that nobody gets by them and they cover their area. And that's exactly what happened. You know, commend the young man for throwing up that pass because it, it takes some guts. Especially after a sack, you can you can easily get rattled and not be able to come through. But he put he put a dime in the air, and <laughs> it was touchdown game over. It was uh, it was amazing, really. Well, it was a dime. Uh, we'll come back, and uh, we got to go through each and every game. I also have a a thing with faith in the quarterback to get to. We're the fellas on Fox Sports Radio. That's us, fellas, live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes can save you 15% of more car insurance. Visit geico.com for that free rate quote. Divisional Saturday upon us. First four today, 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 Pacific, live from Lincoln Financial Field, where the weather's going to be blustery. Falcons out of the dome will be greeted by a hostile crowd, winds 
gusting 24 mile an hours from the west. Temperatures that are dropping as we speak. When we started the show, it was 54 degrees, Lincoln. It is now down to 44. It's cold. By kickoff, it'll be down into the 20s. And so uh, Matt Ryan, who has had two games in sub-freezing weather, one, never in the playoffs, both in December, one against the Packers and the other one against the Jets. And that's it. That's the Matt Ryan's only foray into the cold. I know he's from Philadelphia. He played his college at Boston College. But nine years inside a dome makes you comfy. Oh, without a doubt, especially being in the South. It does get cold down in Atlanta, but you're playing in, in the even they practice in a bubble. Uh, so it, it's it's something that's going to favor the Eagles. I told you after we played you guys, the Raiders played the Eagles on Christmas Day. You remember how cold it was that weekend. Now, I, in the game time, to, kickoff was around the same time as that, that, that Monday night football game was uh, just an hour earlier. But the wind that comes in was similar temperatures that night. I was sitting on the sideline. I was freezing my ass off, and I was bundled up. It, it, it It's cold. Now, I also told you that one of the things that was going to work in their favor was home field advantage, the weather, and the fact that you guys have got a stingy defense. So um, that, that can that can play well and can get a, apply pressure on the quarterback. And there has been times where they've struggled to protect Matty Ice. But he can definitely be iced over tonight. I think it's it's going to be make the game a little bit more competitive. Uh, and uh, and and uh, you know gives the Eagles a, a really good shot. Yeah, I, I think what, what the weather does, uh, particularly the wind, is that's a huge advantage because the one area of the Eagles' defense that is suspect is the secondary, the corners, who have been beaten by double moves. It's very young secondary, and uh, you know with an offense with Julio. And Sanu and those backs out of the backfield, even Hooper. I mean, you know, that's formidable. But it's somewhat negated because of the wind, because of the, the blustery conditions. You you wonder how effective the pass game is. Like, listen, you, you played in many windy games, and you know wind is the only element that truly affects the pass game. That's right. And it also affects the quarterbacks mentally because sometimes they they wonder if they can get the ball to the receivers. And a lot of times and, – and that affected Nick Foles in that first game that we saw him with the Raiders because there were throws that he had open. He just didn't want to make them because the win was against him. Yeah, when you uh, – just curious because when you're thinking about uh, some of your games in the past and you saw the you, – you were here recently and, and, and as a broadcaster – and you saw that blustery night, and Nick Foles um, has a wobble. And he has a distinct wobble, particularly when it win- when the wind's blowing. Yeah. But, like, some of those games you played up, Foxborough, the whole thing, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. what's the key for quarterbacks to to cut it through the wind? I'm not sure Assuming about the, the quarterback R- terminology, but there's something to the fact where they have to keep the nose of the ball down. Because if they allow it to go up, it's going to get caught. So you can't really put a lot of touch on on a lot of those things, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Have you been? Uh, have you like? Do you remember games where you were directly affected and you went, "Jeez, I mean, there's no way the ball, we can, no way in the world we can complete a play down the field." 
Well, I mean, with you know, with with I remember there was a Giants game that we played in the Meadowlands, um, and we had problems passing the ball uh, against them. Uh, we you know we were trying to run, we just kept running into a wall, and we were able to get a couple throws off that separated us. We were able to win the game for, from Timmy Brown, but weather always plays an issue. Whether it's mentally or physically, it plays an issue. Uh, with everything that you want to do, a wet ball, slippery balls, hard to control and stuff like that. And then since, since we're not talking about moisture, we're just talking about cold and wind. And and, and, and again, to me, watching Nick Foles that night, I saw his eyes look at a receiver to parent where he wanted to go, but he just did not feel confident he was going to be able to get it because the wind was blowing and working against him. So in a lot of stadiums where it's a swirling wind, it's really hard to predict even when you have the ball in the heat of the moment where you can go with it. And and if you do have a defined wobble in your ball, then the last thing you want to do is put it in harm's way. And and sometimes they sell on you. And I think that one interception that got away from Nick when he was trying to go uh when I remember playing against the Raiders, that Reggie Nelson called, that, that ball sailed. It 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 went clear up uh higher than it was supposed to and did not come down until Reggie Nelson was able to grab it out of the air. Yeah, that was a balloon, wasn't it? Oh yeah. That was a that was a fat balloon. So, I, I don't know. It's going to be a very interesting game to, to be played. I want to look at the Atlanta defense for a second. We know what the Eagles' offense is going to do, and they're going to try to run the ball with Ajayi and Blunt and Clement, Smallwood screens, that sort of thing. Where, where, where is this Atlanta defense? Improved, small-ish, you know, going to, going to face uh, the Eagles, I think, are going to go big a lot. They're going to go 13 personnel, which is the three tight ends. Uh, they're going to go a lot of that stuff. Can they survive that? Are they big enough to survive that? Well, the, look, the, the Falcons have got a couple of corners that can match up and play very well. Uh, we know that. Their linebackers are small, but they can run sideline to sideline. As you mentioned, really, it's an undersized defensive line for the most part. But that's why they went out and got Poe and stuff like that to try to bolster it and beef it up. Um, it's one of those cases where all you want to do is control the clock and generate points for the Eagles. Your philosophy is run the ball, let's wear them down so where we can take over in the third and fourth quarter. Uh, and it, and it's going to be up to the Falcons' depth whether or not they can keep pace with that. But the thing is, is you got to score points. You can't do it with threes because you don't put the pressure on the opposing offense if you're only doing it with threes. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes uh, perfect sense. Special teams, this is a game that's going to be – a, a huge field position game. Absolutely, absolutely like I, battle for the field uh, position. And of course, you know this the strategy of t- dealing with the wind, dealing with the, the factors, the, the issues. Because now, if you're a punter, the last thing you want to do is try to pop it into the wind and think that you're going to have success with a hang time. I mean, there were a couple of balls that when the Raiders played the Eagles just a few weeks ago, they were just sitting hanging in the air. He's watching them; they look like they posed for a picture. <laughs> that wind kept it. So it kept. I it. know. I know. That's going to be big. It, it it truly is. So the first time they meet, Link, uh, just give you some numbers. This was last year. And, you know, again, it's a different team. But Falcons is the same team, though, even though they were uh, added to the Super Bowl. And uh, the Eagles are a different team. This one took place in November of last year. These two teams met at Lincoln Financial Field on a blustery day. You ready for these numbers? Eagles 25 first downs, Falcons 11. The Eagles 429 yards, the Falcons 303. Wow. The Eagles 
208 rushing yards. The Falcons, 48. They averaged 5.5 yards a carry, Lincoln. Yep. Is that unbelievable? No, that's they ran 76 plays to 48. Turnovers were even, and time of possession was 38 minutes, 10 seconds for the Eagles, 21 minutes, 50 seconds for the Saints. Uh, I mean, and that's with a team going to a Super Bowl, and that's with a team that doesn't have what surrounded Carson Wentz this year, which is a better team. Does that come into play at all? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Because the reason why the Eagles made a play for Jay Ajayi from the Dolphins was because he he's he's going to provo- he's going to be big in that game in that formula. Look, look, Larry Blunt is is what he is. He's the between the tackles runner. He can break he can break you down for a while. But you need somebody who's a little bit shifty like Ajayi, which really adds a lot of flavor to your run game. And more importantly, it'll help out with the play action. Now, what Nick Foles has to be mindful of is he cannot just sit there and eyeball Zach Hertz. I, Ertz, I know that he he loves him, and, and, and Gordon Zach is an incredible athlete, but he's got to try to find a way to use play action to push the ball downfield to Sean Jeffrey because what's going to end up happening is that if you don't, the the Falcons are just going to key on Ertz, and they're probably going to bracket him, and then you're going to put it in Can harm's way. Can you go down the field? I mean, I, you know, Matt Ryan at least has a chance, but Nick Foles does not have any kind of arm. Got to take a chance. Take a shot. I've seen him throw a long ball. He's not a bad long ball. You got to take a shot though, because you got to keep the defense honest. Yeah, I'm with you, and you're not going to win the game by running the ball 45 times, right? But that said, I don't know how effective he's going to be in a de- in a deep passing game. Dude, I'm not saying for him to throw because- deep outs and deep digs and stuff like that. I'm not saying to do that. I'm just saying you have to take a shot at least one or two times during the game to keep the defense honest. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, we told you about the matchup. That took place last year between the Eagles and Falcons. Well, this year the Saints and Vikings met. We'll tell you about that game, but more importantly, we'll tell you if we can glean anything from it because the quarterback and the running back were different from Minnesota. We're the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says 15 minutes could save you 50% of more car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Hey, I'm Lincoln Kennedy. He's Anthony Gargano. We are also known as the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Talking a little bit of playoff action. Uh, we discussed at length the uh, the first game up today. Uh, Eagles and and uh, Falcons. We'll give our predictions a little bit later. But uh, but now, you know, we're, we're moving on. Because are we staying in the NFC or are we going over to the AFC side? No, I'm going to stay in the NFC for a moment because – we talked about last year and what that game meant, if anything, between the Eagles and Falcons, and we think there there could be some sort of similarities, whether the way the game script can go, the whole thing. And so let's find out if earlier this year, Vikings and Saints have anything to do with it, and if that, if that game, if you recall, that took place early September – will have any bearing. But right off the bat, two things you notice. The quarterback in that game, Sam Bradford. The running back in that game, Dalvin Cook. Bradford Cook both out in that game. Sam Bradford completed 27 of 32 passes, 346 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. 
Dalvin Cook, 22 carries, 127 yards. My Lord. But what bearing does that have at all on today's game? I think it'll have some bearing. I think it will. But, you know, for the fact that this is Case Keenum's first playoff start, um, and he's played well in, in, in his spot, this spot to get Minnesota, you know, to be able to host this game. You know, they're, they're one game away from, um, you know, possibly playing for the NFC Championship, possibly even hosting it, and then maybe being the first team uh, in, to host their own Super Bowl. Uh, I, I think this bodes well for this team because I think this team, this defense, we know what they're, they're good against the run and they're good against the pass, the short pass. Their safeties gamble too much, which means that that's why they're they're not as good against the deep ball. But you cannot discount Drew Brees in his position and his expertise, especially with Peyton as his quarter is helping to coordinate, because Drew Brees is, has lived for these types of games, and this is the most intriguing matchup of the weekend to me, because well, I honestly think that whoever wins this game is going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Uh, you're probably right, and also in that game, it's worth noting that. Ingram and Kamara were not the feature back. Adrian Peterson was right, right, and I think that yeah. has something to do about it. But 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 for the the Vikings run game, Latavius Murray has done a decent job stepping in for Dalvin Cook, but he's not explosive, and I think that's going to be an edge that they truly miss in that game. The ability to have a little bit of pop and explosion through that hole to surprise the Saints defense, because uh, the Saints have a good defense, good against the run, good against the pass. And I, I do see, I, I mean, I seriously see uh, Lattimore probably coming up with a critical interception in this game at one point or another to sort of turn the tie or at least keep it close. But this is going to be one of the closer games over the weekend. Yeah, I think you're right. I'll tell you one thing, though. The guy I like a lot and I think is underrated is Jarrett McKinnon. Uh, I think McKinnon has explosiveness. And he was not used much in the first game, and they didn't right. have to. Right. But because um, Dalvin Cook was unbelievable, and they were able to go down the field with a lot of play action, I, I could see this a little bit different, and using McKinnon a lot more out of the backfield. Well, if they if they are able to do it, then that opens up another aspect to their offense. If they can, if they can use McKinnon, or they can at least keep the screen game, because then what that negates is that negates you know the Saints' pass rush, or at least slows it down a little bit. Which gives Case Keenum a little bit more, um, you know, confidence in the pocket. What did you glean last week from Carolina um, and Saints? Uh, were you able to glean much from that game? The explosiveness was there for me, for the offensively from the Saints that I thought, and then they kind of pulled back on the throttle as they went as as the game progressed. I uh, made it a lot more interesting than it is than it needed to be. But um, I, I just think that, you know, they came out and, and took care of business like they were supposed to at home. And they were able to hold on for a win because they lost a lot of momentum as the game wore on. Uh, they lost a lot of momentum. And that hit that, um, that Cam Newton took uh, late in the game, even though it was already over it pretty much at that time, the fact that it was closer than it was score-wise and it should have been score-wise led me to believe that, um, you know, the, the Saints were fortunate that there wasn't more time or there wasn't the, the game had not took a swing against them earlier. Did you? Uh, it was funny because it's going to sound weird, but Carolina's defense did not play terrible. It got bit by big plays, right? Yep. You know, I mean, because there was enough of those quick possessions by New Orleans, and then you just—it really was a matter of three plays, gigantic plays down the field. True story. Which is usually the way the game changes, and that's what every coach that I've ever played for always says: we need to have big plays, big shots, one or two big plays, and on offense, 
and we need to negate the big plays because you're right. Little things broke down. It wasn't like New Orleans was just chipping away, driving down the field and doing that. You know, Carolina's offense was doing that to New Orleans. They just couldn't score score sevens, couldn't yeah. score points. That's that's very, very true, very true. Uh, Link, so when you're looking at this game and you're looking at Breeze, you know, I'll tell you, it's funny because there was a lot of talk about Breeze and arm action and arm strength and how it's not what it used to be or he's not what he used to be, and a lot of dump-offs to Kamara and Ingram. I mean, those deep balls were right on the money. Well, look, you have a speedster like Ted Ginn Jr., throw it up. and I mean, just that that's all you have to do. Put it in a position where you can run under and catch it, and that's exactly what happens. But you, you, the thing is that Breeze's expertise is not going to be the fact that he can you know, throw the ball long distances down the field anymore. It's going to be the fact that he knows how to pre-read defenses, and he knows where to go with the ball. That's 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 been Breeze's strength, the pre-snap read, and he's got it. This is a good football team. This is, I think, in all honesty, I think this is a better Saints football team than they they were when they won the Super Bowl a few, a few years ago. Wow, really? I do. Look at the complete package. I think this is a better Saints team than that won that championship against Indianapolis. What do you like most about it? The the the, the rise of their defense. I think when you have some, because today's offenses, when you look at it, they've got they've got an icon. Uh, you you got a quarterback. They can get a pass rush. The Saints can, and more importantly, when you have a shutdown corner, I mean the secondary. Their draft for their secondary, which was their big Achilles for many many years, was special. All the, all of their draft choices playing in their secondary are playing some damn good football. They really recognize the the system by Dennis Allen, and they know how to best utilize it. Lattimore yeah. is obviously the standout, but their safeties, for the most part, are playing really well. Except they just gamble a little bit. They get a little too nosy but and try to jump routes, and that's why they got beat by Ginn Jr. on, on uh, not, not Ginn Jr., but um, um, they, they've got beaten in the past. Yeah. No, I, no, that's, that's a good point. It's gonna be, that, that's going to be a fun game. It's going to be interesting to see because the crowd's going to be nuts. It's going to be... You know that that whole that whole storyline of Minnesota, that would be great to see the Vikings. Help, you know, home for the Super Bowl. It's going to be cold. It's going to be. I mean, and it's a beautiful stadium. Have it showcased in the snow, and you have a home team there. That would be a great story as well. It truly would be. Really, really would be. All right. Uh, uh, since we went through the NFC, uh, obviously, we're going to start getting through the AFC games. But just to just to talk about Le'Veon Bell for a sec, to lead in Pittsburgh, Le'Veon Bell says that, and you know, listen, God bless Le'Veon Bell because he marches to his own drummer. He goes, "Hey, listen, if I don't get any contract out of, if I don't get the contract I want," and he turned down a big deal, a huge extension that people thought he was nuts, including his own teammates, and he said, "Listen, I'll sit out next year." And if it means retirement, so be it. How serious is Le'Veon Bell, Link? You know what? In all honesty, because this is part of the thing that I was talking about when we were talking about Gruden earlier. Today's athlete is different. Now, we 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 sit here as pundits who watch this stuff and have been around the game probably wouldn't even think of saying what he said. But when you watch today's athlete and you listen to today's athlete, it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility. I can see someone in today's game just walking away from the game because they're spoiled and they didn't get what they want, exactly the way they wanted it. I can see someone doing that. 
not because it's injured or whatever, because I think that these guys feel that they've got way more on their plate. Oh, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll leave the game and go on reality TV and I'll make as much money as the Kardashians. I've heard guys say that. <laughs> I've also heard guys say, you know what? I'm just trying to get to, 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 to um, free agent money. And then I'm going to retire after that. I'm going to play this first contract after you get drafted, become a free agent, get a big contract, and then I'm going to shut it down. It's not play to the wheels fall off. It's not the same type of passion that I've seen out of other guys. So this comment is not a far stretch for me. I can honestly see it happening. It's unfortunate, but it also tells you to what you to the to the extent in which the mentality of guys you have on your team. You know, because these the, the Steelers were critical of Harrison going to the Patriots because he was complaining about his playtime. Critical to the point where they're like, well, we don't want you. To, they need to be the same way. If this, if if you know Le'Veon Bell personally, if this is truly his attitude, they need to be the same way with him. I know. Then why don't you just leave now? I know. When you get out, get out, get out. There, th- th- that man, that that team is. I don't know. Ben's not right. Antonio Brown off the injury. The stuff swirling around. I, I want you to think about this. But think about whether or not, and I know how bad Jacksonville looked last week. I don't think they're going to look as bad offensively. I mean, obviously, they were they were abysmal. But if they can get, having beaten them before, and if they can get any momentum early, because you don't want Bortles having to chuck it 50 times, you wonder if they can give Pittsburgh a game. Because I just don't know what state the Steelers are in right now. I want you to think about it, but first, we got Figgy on trending. Figgy, take it away, my brother. All right, Anthony, we'll start with some NFL news that broke late on Friday night. 49ers rookie linebacker Ruben Foster was arrested in Tuscaloosa, Alabama for a misdemeanor marijuana possession. Uh, He was released on $2,500 bond. Of course, he went to the University of Alabama, was second on the 49ers this year in tackles. And, of course, he is already in the uh, NFL's concussion protocol, the NFL's substance abuse program after a diluted urine sample at last year's scouting combine. In the NBA on Friday night, the Warriors defeated the Bucs 108-94. Steph Curry missed the second straight game with an ankle injury, but Kevin Durant picked up the slack with 26 points. Draymond Green just missed a triple-double. He had 21 points, 10 boards, and 7 assists as the Warriors have won 11 straight road games. The Pacers beat the Cavaliers in Indiana, their third straight win over Cleveland this season, 97-95 to as they erased a 22-point first quarter deficit. Victor Oladipo at 19 points. Darren Collison led Indiana in scoring with 22, while LeBron James led Cleveland with 27 points, 8 rebounds, and 11 assists. Cleveland did not have Isaiah Thomas or Dwayne Wade in the game. They get both sat out with two rest. Still, that's bad. Man. It's bad. It is bad. It's bad. And they've uh, they've lost you six. You blown out the night before, and yeah. then you blow a 20-point lead? They've lost three games in a row now. So uh, not seven of the last nine. Uh, not a good look right now for Cleveland, but this is probably part of their uh, mid-season or mid-January yeah. swoon. Kind of happens yeah. every single year it at this does. point in time, right. so I don't think many Cav fans are too concerned right now. No, that's true. Wow. Yeah, because you know what happens, Fick? Like they they wind up. The everybody goes, "Oh, they're done. You're done." Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, they start rolling. So, yeah, I mean, it's already happened once this season. Correct. And we're ju- we just crossed the first of the year. Isaiah Thomas is barely back healthy on a minutes right. restriction at this point. So uh, I think people who are trying to, you know, 
The demise of the Cavaliers is greatly exaggerated right now. I think we should pump our brakes on that and let the season play out before we start jumping to any conclusions. Now, the T-Wolves got off to a bit of a slow start. They've been on fire lately, though. Uh, they defeated the Knicks on Friday night, 118-108. to Carl Anthony Towns just missed a triple-double, 23 points. 15 boards and 9 assists. They have won 11 of their last 14. And they are now just one game out of, uh, behind the Spurs, I should say, for the loss column in the three seed. So uh, they've gone on a bit of a surge. They've won four straight games, looking pretty good as they had eight players score in double figures. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience the wizards beat the magic out with the magic in a shootout 125 to 119 john wall 30 points and nine assists bradley bill also with 30 points he had seven assists as they snap a two-game skid orlando has lost seven straight games want to get worse than that they've lost 16 of 17 it gets worse they've lost 27 of the last 31 uh, Damn. yeah orlando's caught in the struggle right Damn. now uh, bad uh bad things going on down there for frank vogel and his holy hazonia yeah, yeah, it's good. I like that. The Rockets beat the Suns in the nightcap of the NBA schedule. 112 to 95 is Chris Paul at 25 points and eight rebounds. Phoenix outscored Houston, excuse me, Houston outscored Phoenix 37 to 8 in the last five minutes of the first quarter. He scored almost 40 points in a five-minute span. That's how quickly Houston can rack up some points against you. They had their third straight victory. Phoenix has lost three or four. And the Pelicans getting some big-time production from their twin towers. Anthony Davis with 36 points and nine boards, while DeMarcus Cousins, 24 points, 19 rebounds, and eight assists as the Pelicans beat the Blazers 119-113. to Back to you, fellas. Fly, Pelicans, as Tony Montana would say. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Fig. As always, thank you, my brother. Mm-hmm. Are the Steelers in trouble, Link? I mean, that's one thing I want to talk to you about. As uh, we continue here, 7.30 in the East, 4.30 in the West. We come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% using Geico. That's right. Geico. Just go to geico.com for a free rate quote. Yay. Steelers in uh, trouble? This, to me, is going to be Mike Tomlin, head coach of the Steelers' most challenging years, um, in all honesty. Because of the distractions, in spite of their success, we still saw an Antonio Brown implode after a win because he wasn't getting touches on the sideline. In spite of their success, we have a running back before their game saying, "Look, if I don't get the contract I want, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm cool with retiring and shutting it down." And in spite of what we've seen, this is going to be Ben Roethlisberger's last year, in my opinion. He doesn't come back, so there's a challenge to really move forward from this game. And move and try to really tr- try to get a, a Super Bowl, and it's going to be difficult because I I seriously don't think the P- Pittsburgh Steelers can beat the New England Patriots in New England. They wasted that opportunity as well. But looking back, when you talk about first game, where you talk about the time that they played, Ben Roethlisberger is going to learn from his mistakes. He's not going to challenge these corners down the field like he did the first time. That's why he ended up throwing five picks. They're also not going to pass the ball fifty-five times. What they are going to do is they're going to pick on the middle. He's going to avoid the corners. He's, of course, he's going to try to get Antonio Brown free in the slot or out of motion, stuff like that. But he's going to try to stay away from Bouye as well as Jalen Ramsey. Um, and and I see him picking on the middle of the field. Uh, I think this is a this is a big test uh, for Jacksonville's defense. And Blake Bortles struggled, so I I think that's the one thing that Steelers got going for him. If they if they were going up against as capable a defense as they have in Jacksonville and a quarterback who had you know any type of momentum, 
coming into this game, I would say the Steelers go down. But I think that's going to be the deciding factor. Uh, it's 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 a difficult one. Uh, I I can I could it's not out of the realm of possibility to see a Jacksonville winning this game, but just watching Blake Bortles struggle the way he did last week, I don't know how he rebounds from that, or how they how you create confidence because he could not even complete the simplest of throws last week, uh, and I don't know if it's going to be the same thing for against this Steeler defense. Yeah, it's true. He he uh, he couldn't he could not compete. He cannot complete the simplest throws, um, but. That said, and I know he compared himself to LeBron James. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, but the greatest. The I, I don't. I don't know. Can he play as bad as he did? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Why do I think? Am I a fool to think that they play better offense? Like Fournette, I think Fournette has a big day. Well, Fournette uh, has to have a big day if they're going to have any success, right? Because you can't put it on Blake Bortles. If Blake Bortles throws for more than thirty-five times a game, this, they're not. Jacksonville's not going to win this game. No, I, no. I mean, I'm just. Can the game be close? Oh yeah, it could be close. It could be close. And most definitely could be close. It could be. A, it could be a, a battle field goal kickers. To be honest with you, I can see this being something like a a fifteen twelve game. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess that's the thing I'm looking at. Is it because does Ben look right to you? Ben looks like he's thinking about retirement, where he's going, what island he's going by. Isn't that the truth? You just said it a moment ago about guys just rolling. Mm-hmm. Would you roll? What if I was Ben? Yeah, I had a great career. It's time to shut it down. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there you, you talk about what Big Ben has been able to do his entire career. To me, he's a Hall of Famer. There's no doubt about it. But he's he, he's what else can you do? The the things are falling around him. As I said, you've got you know your running back is is crying and about not getting his money, and you got receivers that are bitching at one another because they're not getting their touches. And if you're Big Ben, what do you have to do this for? Eventually, you're going to have to shut it down. Why not go? I, I think this is going to be his last season. Wow, what, what if they lose? You don't think he comes back and tries again? Nope. I think he's done either way. Do you really? I think because I think that it played in his head early in the season when he was non-committing about whether or not he was going to play again, and everybody said, "Hey, what's going on with Big Ben?" And then all of a sudden, um, you know, he comes back, he plays a season, and I think it's been playing in his head. I think it's you know, you watch his you watch his demeanor, you watch his body language. I think he's thinking about retirement, shutting it down. I don't think he comes back next year. I'd still go back to Favre, dude. Where Favre was offered twenty million to shut it down. Like they gave him a twenty million incentive to shut it down, and he said no. But it, it, it's not like the Steelers would not welcome Ben back, or or they're trying to figure no, out I'm which sure, one going to cover. I'm sure they want him to yeah. come back because they don't they don't really have anything in the cupboard. No, they have nothing. That's why they need him to come back. So they need him to come back to prepare. But this is why I said this is going to be Mike Tomlin's challenge, most challenging uh, time of his career at the coaching this because he's got to deal with these personalities and these and, and and these and these types of things, and it's going to affect the team. They're not the same if they don't have Big Ben in the quarterback. They're not the same if they don't have Le'Veon Bell at, at running back. You know, who knows how Antonio Brown reacts after the injury? I mean, come on now. There's a lot of intangibles here. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I, I just, I would be shocked if he did. I think it's a lot of talk, talk, talk. I'd be shocked if Le'Veon Bell sat out and retired. There's no way in the world. Well, we'll soon see. Like, I don't, I don't buy it. 
Like, I buy Brady trying to play till he's 45. Oh, we already know that. Brady's yeah. put everything in motion to play till he's 45. It's not the same thing for Ben. Like I said, if, if Ben if, if Ben came back even before the season or last season, uh, at the end of the year when everybody was asking about his future, and he didn't leave everybody on the hook, well, I don't know, we'll see how it plays out, I'm not sure, whatever. If he came back and he said, man, I want to play till the wheels roll off, fall off. But I just look at his eyes. I look at the way he played this season, especially when he played this team and he threw five picks. I watched a TV copy of it and looked at it big, and I could see Ben just saying, you know what, man? I'm getting kind of tired of this. <laughs> I had a bad outing. He threw the ball 55 times. Five times went to the Jacksonville Jaguars trying to make plays. He's like, yeah. man, it's time for me to get out of Dodge. All right, well, we'll look at New England, Tennessee next. Uh, I mean, we'll look at – what happened last week in in that game with really the Chiefs and Andy Reid, and then later on with Sean McVay, and what happened in Los Angeles? I got a question to the to the fellas about the temperature in Los Angeles after last week, and a little bit later on we have the playoff ten. I got ten questions to throw all you guys. They're a little bit uh, off color. We're the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Progressive's new Home Quote Explorer was built to save you time and money by allowing you to compare multiple quote options all online. So head to Progressive.com today and see if you can save. Fellas! Live the Geico, Fox Sports Radio Studios in Los Angeles, Lincoln Kennedy, Anthony Gargano. Uh-huh. Divisional round. Well, let me ask you. Uh-huh. Because we play these little little snapshots from all the different shows right here on the Fox Sports Radio Network. Uh-huh. Dan Patrick, the luminary. Dan Patrick says, John Gruden's not a great coach. He says, quote, I don't think John Gruden's a great coach. And it was a, it was a statement that I just kind of went, wow. Let, let me think about that. Is he a great coach? What defines a great coach? Let me ask you that. Let's break down the question before we answer it. What defines a great coach in your well, mind? Well, I mean, obviously, winning is a part of it, but okay, taking other teams, depending on what you have, you know, the greatness of Joe Gibbs. We always talk about because he took, he won Super Bowls with four different quarterbacks, devising a system. Um, the best you know, utilizes the players that you have, right? Yeah, right. Leaving your imprint mm-hmm. on the game. So is he, a gr- is he a great coach? So here's the thing, and again, you know, like we talked about earlier, I'm not going to be overly critical, but cons- John Gruden is a conservative coach, a very conservative coach. Matter of fact, we were, you know, I was as a player. There were many a times I thought of you know, we should have went for it or been more aggressive, and we weren't. Um, with that being said, you know, he, he, he still, we, we had successful times. We had successful, we had playoff bound teams. I have three out of the four years that he was with us. We went to the playoffs. Uh, we finished over 500, 500 or better in each one of those years. Um, so to me, that's, that's a good start. Now, if you take his entire career coaching career, I think he's right around 500. It's not the signs of a great coach. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I throw that out, man. He had he had some slop quarterback. What the, but he also had best, seven years. Here's the thing. He also he had, had, had. I understand, was, but here's was, the thing, cuz your boy. So so here's the thing. Here's 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 where it goes. It's not like he had a two year stint here, a two year stint there. He had seven years at Tampa Bay, and other than that Super Bowl championship, that that the team that he inherited from Dungey, 
he didn't really do much. So what was the, what was the problem? Why can't he get a quarterback? Why if if that's it? If we're talking I mean, about quarterback like drafting at the t- at the at the bottom of the first round. Well, they weren't always drafting at the bottom of the first round. In fact, then why don't why don't you here Triple M? Your your homework assignment over the break is is to pull up their draft position by the time that they were into Gruden and talk about some of the picks they had. I, I I think Gruden's a know, good dude. football coach. I'm not saying I'm not saying that he's not. I'm not, not trying to like get. Yeah, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just pointing out what we know from history, what we've seen so far. Now you know, I, for the record, I've always been a Gruden fan. I, you know, I've always said yes, that absolutely, and I am a Gruden fan as well. And I think he has a chance because he has a quarterback. I think he he definitely has a chance because he has a quarterback. He did not have a quarterback in Tampa Bay for his time there, but he has a quarterback, and I think that was part of the enticement to come back to the Raiders. Because if the Raiders did not have a quarterback or did not have a strong, solid foundation with Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack and other little notable young players, it would not have been as enticing a position to come back to. But yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Um, that said, I, I don't. I don't see he won with two different teams. And you can say whatever you want about. Well, you won with Tony Dungy's team. Tony Dungy didn't win it. No, Tony Dungy didn't get him over the hump. It was it was. I mean, Gruden's I watched Tony Dungy teams come yeah. here, go to Philadelphia, and uh, get get destroyed. And, and and I think that they were a wild card the year that they won it. Right? They beat you in the NFC. Wasn't they? Was that yeah. a wild card? They were a wild card. So they got into the playoffs. But I don't remember what their their best uh, finish was. I remember there was an implosion in his final year. They got off to a, what was it? A, like a nine and three start or something like that. And then lost the the remain a lot of the remaining games or whatever to something something to that extent, you know. We're talking about ten years ago, so I'm not sure how it all finished, but yeah, I, we've seen around we've seen a, a, a you know just a turnabout door with just about every coach around the football league. What we haven't seen is someone who took a ten year hiatus and now all of a sudden got thrust back into position with a magnanimous contract. And a commitment of ten years. You don't see that. Well, Dick Vermeil, Dick Vermeil came from the booth. How long was Dick out? That's why Dick I forgot about out, him. Dick was out a long time. 13, 14 years. Okay, I forgot about. I forgot about Coach Vermeil. And he won. And he won. Yeah, he also he also had a talented system and talented players. I mean, he had a team. Came back and he developed that team because he took a chance on and, and had somebody who was See, in the one. And he and Dick was doing wings. college more college football than right. the NFL. No, I think it's a huge advantage for Gruden to be on anybody's staff, especially the Raiders, because he does have. He's been in all those meeting rooms. He's broken down the film. He knows the team's strengths and weaknesses. And because he's in, he's got a good offensive mind, he knows how to attack all these teams. That's right. That's right. No, I agree with you there. But you, the question earlier is: Is he a great coach? What defines to be a great coach? You got to win. He's only won one Super Bowl. I think he's a great coach. Okay. I do. All right. I, I mean, you know, I, mean, I do. I think he's a great coach. A great coach. Well, okay. We'll see. Yeah, I, I, I know. I mean, I, I, and I get, I get what you're saying, and I just never bought. Like, I look at the teams. A coach. Is only as good as the quarterback and, and at least an offensive coach, and what do you, what kind of players you got? 
Agree. The players are but, so important. But it's also it's to me a coach a, a truly good coach can create a system that can best utilize whomever he has on the roster. That's the that's the when you talk about great coaches, that to me is what defines a great coach. Mm. I know. I, I I know, but I I I still I think there's more component. I think he's an X and O master. I think he can reach people. Okay. I, I I don't know. I think he's going to succeed in Oakland. I do. All right, we'll, we'll come back, and uh, we'll have Baldy next hour. I want to give you these 10 questions. Lots to do. It's Divisional Saturday, fellas, on Fox. Welcome back, fellas. 8 a.m. in the East, 5 a.m. in the West. It is the fellas on fox a game day edition of fox football saturday coming to you live from the geico fox sports radio studios 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more in car insurance all you got to do is go to geico.com for a free rate quote so as we have a re have we reached divisional saturday i got uh some questions for you boys all right you ready for some questions Sure, I didn't study, go but we'll go each yeah. of these each of these teams, each of the games, and we'll give you picks a little bit later on. And don't forget, next hour, Matt Rule, Baller coach, who uh, was a surprise mention among the Colts and the Colts for the Colts uh, head coaching vacancy. I heard he interviewed he, for it. He did. He interviewed wow. for it. Yeah, and uh, I heard. Uh, that the Colts were very, very interested in him, and that uh, you know he was he had to withdraw withdraw his name from from consideration. I think because of uh, I think because it was one year he didn't want to leave after one year at Baylor. That he's he's making some inroads there, but we'll hear from him, and uh, we'll talk to Matt a little coming up later uh, next hour. But let me ask you. So by the way, you, by the way, just yeah. on a quick side note before we jump into it, yeah, I, I think you know, and and, and it's not. I know we're, he's good friends of the program, and I had a chance. But Spags, I think the Giants are doing a, a great disservice. I mean, they're they're not. No, yeah, I, I think they're missing out. Spags is a good coach, Steve Spagnoli, for the defensive coordinator for the Giants, and I know they want to go other ways, other directions. But I I thought that Spags he had, did a good, decent job when he was with the Rams. Didn't really have a lot of players that we talked about. Or talked about that he had afterwards, but I thought he's done a good job, and 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 Spags not getting that job in New York or being overlooked. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a mistake. And, not getting and, a fair uh, shake. Yeah, I mean, he, I know that Spags interviewed last Wednesday, right? So I and I'm going to go inside football a little bit. So you and and Link, you know this. So what happens after this season, right? So you have a new GM comes in. And the new GM gets with the coach. And they spent hours going over the roster. Right? Like, that's one thing that you have to do. They have, they have the meetings. And so they have these meetings, these team meetings, uh, right after the season, after you lose. Assuming you don't make the playoffs, or if you did, you know, you do it then. But it's after the season's over. You get together, the whole staff, everybody's there. The GM's there all your personnel guys, and your coach, and your coaches. And Spags was the interim head coach, so he had the head coaching duties. So it was Dave Gettleman, the new GM of the Giants, Spags, and leading this meeting. 
And the meeting went on for nine hours. All right? It was a nine-hour meeting. So it took them up to the point where Spags was then have to interview. Now, is that right? So no. anyway, no, it's not. They take a half hour break, and the next thing you know, they, then they commence with a five hour interview. And, and it's not right because now all of a sudden you know going into it, you know what you you already have a predetermined thought pattern of the guy who's in front of you. It's not it's not as clear. Hey, let me walk in and hey, I know what you've done in the past. Now that you've gone over the roster and this timely and and you I've got your thoughts on player by player. Now I know whether or not your your philosophy or your thought pattern molds with mine, whether or not we could get along as a general manager head coach relationship. You've already not, got a predetermined uh, outline outlook yeah. for this hire. Not to mention, I guess my big thing is, and and not so much for Spags because he can handle the energy, because um, he's trying to pitch a job, right? So you can always muster up the energy to pitch a job. But if you're Dave Gettleman and you just went through the same meeting. At some point in that five-hour interview, you're going to hit all, your own wall. Certainly. And you're not going to be sharp. He's not going to be Gettleman. It's not going to be as sharp listening to Spagnuolo, right? Right, right. I agree with you. I, I think he's a hell of a coach. And he has been in the worst situations that you can imagine. Absolutely. The worst situations. And it's a shame because, the you know, let me tell you something. I know a lot about this, and you know a lot about this, about these coaching hires. We've been around this a long time. And these GMs and owners, it's all about they have to A, like you, but B, they have to be able to sell you to their fan base. Yep. Half of, actually, I'll say almost three quarters of it is a marketing play. That, that meaning that they got to be able to get people excited for the hire, unless you're a a GM with a lot of stones, and you go, I don't really care what people think. I'm going with the guy that I think is going to do the best. Like like I heard about Chris Ballard and Chris Ballard, who's the GM at Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. He he's like on a he, like he wasn't bat an eyelash at hiring Matt Rule. And people go, you hired a guy from Baylor who was 1-11? And then his response would have been, yeah, well, did you know what happened to the Baylor program? And oh, by the way, did you see what Al Baylor played at the end of the year from what they were at the beginning of the year? To me, that's coaching. And did you see what the guy did before that at Temple? And did you see what what the guy did before that? He has NFL experience. Like, I can go make a case for Matt Rule right now. Without a doubt. And, and not even care that he was 1-11 or what people think. And and, that, and you're absolutely right. You're absolutely true. And in and, and the Giants situation, I think that the owner, Mara, is still in, in, in control in many ways. I think he's 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 got a good general manager in Gettleman. I think they'll do a job, but I also think that they, they, they missed the boat because I, I like Spags. I think Spags deserves another chance at the head coaching gig. Yeah, I know they're I, trying to I, get new blood from other yeah. places, but I think Spags deserves another chance. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, all right, Link. Let's uh, let's get started. I got ten questions surrounding these playoffs 
and uh, they're not X and O related. I need answers from Triple M, from Fig, and from Iowa Sam, the rat. (laughs) How are you, Iowa Sam? So family's all rats. Would have loved to be a rat. I got to drop for everything, even insults you gotta fill, from Anthony. You got to fill in the audience because he's just joining us. How is Iowa Sam a rat? I don't need to even go that deep. I just say he's a rat. People <laughs> take it at face value. I think it's funny. I think we should. I do like cheese. You go ahead, Blake. I'm you a cheese-eating rat. <laughs> no, no, no. This is your gig. You don't. Well, all I know is that jo- uh, Jonas Knox. The Jonas uh, had a gr- has, does a great segment, The Prop Bet Monsters. And so there was a prop bet. That was uh, on the Eagles-Falcons game, right? Triple M coming in here? Yes. And so we got our guy to record the options. I love our voice, our, our voiceover man, the big voice guy for our network. He's great. And so uh, you, you got it done, and one of them involved me for the Eagles-Falcons game, and you and Figgy and Jonas – Chose me. Got to give you some love, Ant. I know you did. That's why I appreciate that. But, you know, not all comply. Sam, Sam's a rebel. Sam is just a rebel. He's not a rebel. He's a rat. <laughs> There's a difference. He's a fink. <sighs> that was two <laughs> hours ago. Come on. We tell me to get over it. America He's... doesn't know your uh, your watering hole, all right? They need to know. They will know. But not I say not according oh, oh, oh. to you. <laughs> See that Lincoln knows. Lincoln knows well, a rat when he sees one. Okay. <laughs> all right. Here you go. Here's your uh, first question of the ten questions. Is this one? Uh, give me. The biggest whiner right now left in the fourteen among the eight teams. The biggest whiner. I'll start with you, Triple M. Hold on, I got to really think about this one for a second. I'll tell you what, we're we're, we're up against it. So what I want to do is I'm going to give you a couple of the questions. I want you guys to think about them. All right, I got the biggest whiner. I got justice on your side. That means which which team should win for because of justice. I got who are you sick of seeing? I have your best city that you want to hang out. Who are the fans if you had in a fight? Who would you go with? And then I'll give you the rest a little bit. So think about those options. And we'll uh, commence with the Divisional 10. We're the fellas on Fox Sports Radio. Man, I've got some great news. There's a quick way you can save some money. Hey, switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. We are the fellas. That man right there is Anthony Gargano. I'm Lincoln Kennedy, coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios. Having a little fun. Uh, uh, Professor Gargano has prepared a quiz for us. Yeah, but it's not really a quiz. It's like, you know... (laughs) It's he's stupid created. questions that are. He's, he's, that he's are, created some questions and he wants some answers from the fellas. So yeah, it's divisional fun. The stupid questions. <laughs> so I asked so, you about the biggest whiners. Mm-hmm. 
Give me the biggest whiners right now that are left. And you can choose from anyone. You can choose coaches, players, owners, fans. I mean, you name it. Give us the biggest whiners. Triple M, do you have an answer for the biggest whiner? Yeah, I kind of gave this one a little bit of thought, and I kind of hate to do this, but given the news of this week, I kind of got to go with Le'Veon Bell here. I kind of have to because – Man, you're you're He's three days. Yeah, I know, and, and I hate to do it because I really love the way he plays. He seems like a great teammate, but then you go out in the media three days before you're playing a team that beat you by three touchdowns earlier in the season. And you're talking about your next contract. Yeah, He's a whiner. Yeah, why no? What do you do? Why no, Link? Oh, no doubt. And I definitely <laughs> go with Le'Veon Bell. The fact is that he, here's the thing: he earned twelve million dollars this year, and he certainly earned it. Carrying the ball well over 300 times, 1,200 some some yards and some changes, stuff like that. I don't know all of his stats off the top of my head. I'm just throwing out the ones I do know. You definitely earned your keep, but you're going into a playoff game where you rest in week 17. You're going into a playoff game. Somebody asks you about a contract question. You should have been more mature and say, you know what, that stuff's going to handle itself. I'm just going to take care of Jaguars. Because now you've created a funk, and you're going to get asked about more of those questions as you prepare for the Jaguars. And if, in fact, the Jaguars come and beat you, then everyone's going to be in your in your face. Well, what does this mean for your future? What does this mean? Because you're oh, a big yeah. part of the success. So oh, it's yeah. unwanted attention, and you're just a crybaby that you're not getting what fifteen million because you made twelve million. So it's not like you made pocket change, right? Why are you talking about a contract? I, I, I'm with you, Rat. Who's the biggest whiner? <laughs> <laughs> One week I'm uh, Iowa Sam. The next week I'm Corn. Now I'm Rat. I'm rat. What's next week? I'm just gonna be the Iowa rat. All right. Uh, no, uh, next uh, week you'll be back in a good graces. All right, good. Um, you know, I'm just gonna kind of go on one that's kind of a general perception. Biggest whiner. Uh, a lot of coaches seem to um, get their feathers ruffled by Sean Payton, and I have to oh, assume that good. he whines about things, but he also talks He's a, a little. A little lip. Little. He has a little lip. Here and there, I think he just rubs people the wrong way. He's a great coach, but he rubs. If you're not his coach, or he's not on your team. He rubs you the wrong way. Remember that Atlanta game, guys, where he was on the field, yes. and was whining. Well, I tell you, Sean Payton would certainly be a favorite. In one of the other characters categories of questions, and that is the three guys you would like to hit with a mallet. And I, I would love to hit him with a mallet. Square and like it didn't know. No, he's got his nose like turned up nose. We've he, discussed he, this before, yeah. Yes, the Whoville the, the, nose, the, the pursed lips. Yes, just ooh, better yeah, than you. Yeah, yeah. No, he like he 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 deserves to get knocked out. He he does. All right, uh, let let's go to Figgy. Figgy, who's the biggest wino? The rat stole my thunder. I've been stewing on Sean Payton since you first threw this question out. He was on top of my list for all the That's reasons good. that uh, Triple M and uh, the rat laid out initially. Very good. Very good. Trivia question, Figgy. Who is Woody the Wino? Woody the Wino? Yes. Uh, you got me on that one. Now, I thought of all except Link, the three of you guys, you might Who? know because we discussed the show before and you had watched the show Lincoln knows who Woody the Wino is right Link oh yeah it's escaping me right now alright 
Look at Tom. <laughs> Is that some kind of hand puppet? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like from wow. the seventies? I don't know. It is from the seventies. It is from seventies from a TV show. An old TV show from the seventies. Good times. That was on in reruns. Is it a uh, ventriloquist dummy or some no, kind? No, it's from Good Times. No, oh, no, Good Times. Sanford Sonny. Sanford Sonny also had him a good time. He was Ned the Wino on Good Times. And then on Sanford and Sonny, he was, he was Woody w- the Wino. Woody the Wino. The same know character. You, 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 uh, we had a Sanford and Sonny question before. Mm-hmm. And I thought, figure you answered it. I probably did, but I, for whatever reason, yeah. I'm no, blanking on Woody the Wonder right character. Now. Like, no, I mean, you got to go deep down the Sanford and Son rabbit hole. Yeah, for Woody the Wino. Yeah, because he played Ned the Wino on Good Times. The yes. same, the same actor. Yes. I forgot his name. Yeah, yeah. Well, because if you got his name, I would be really impressed. No, I'm, I'm trying to. It's it's. Killing no, but me. like, <laughs> like he was on reruns. It was on oh, yeah. reruns. Oh yeah. Like we were kids, watched yeah. it. All right, question number two is this. Give me of the eight cities remaining, Philadelphia, Atlanta, New Orleans, Minnesota, Boston, Nashville, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, the two, the top two destinations, the top two cities you would go to. Triple M? I'm going to stay in Pennsylvania. I'm going to go Pittsburgh and Philly. I, I, really? Because I, 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 just because of the sports, like those, like, and you can attest to this, the, the fans there, they love their teams. I know maybe they get a little bit harsh on them when things don't go the right way. No, they do. No, no and, 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 and Pittsburgh, too, like with the Pirates, the Penguins, the Steelers, yeah. and the Steelers, man, they, they get after it, and they have a great time. So, like, in terms of, like, just a sports city – like I'd really like to go there, even though it'd probably be cold as hell right now. Yeah, I, yep. A rat. I thought this was the uh, the question about justice. No, there's another that's coming. Oh, so these are just the two cities I'd like to visit out of all the yes. eight cities. Yes. Oh man, can you handle that? Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, would like to further explore um, Minneapolis and St. Paul. So that's definitely up there. What the hell's uh, wrong with you guys? What? Minneapolis. Yeah, it's a great city. Beautiful. It's a nice city. I, nice city. I, you know. I haven't really been. I mean, I don't have any desire to go to Jacksonville. No offense to Jacksonville. Um, you know, I don't know. All right. Uh, but how, how about this? Uh, let me see. You know what? I'm gonna say Nashville too. These are t- these are just cities I haven't been to really. Yeah. Well, Nashville. Nashville's it, great. From what I great, hear, it is. It. it like to me, there's two answers here. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I know exactly where. No, you're no, going. no. I, I just, I, no. I, I literally just thought about it right now, and I almost want to change one of mine to. You, like, there. you can't. Eh. You're locked into Pittsburgh, there, Mike. Yeah, no, I'm locked into Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah, for the sake of the Roll show. Nashville and Mini. Those are my answers. You, you can't. No. You, you no, can't. I, I, I failed on this one because I know exactly what one of the answers Look, should have been. There's two, two of them. They're obvious, right? right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Obvious. Go ahead, Fig. Lay it out. We're trying to turn up, right? The fellas. I'm saying we're going to Atlanta. In New Orleans. I mean, come on. Yeah, you still missed it a little bit. Oh, what did yeah. I miss? I don't get the New Orleans. New Orleans is definitely New Orleans and Nashville, yes. guys. Come New on. Now. Thank uh, you, Lincoln. Nah. And I'm not thinking about Thank anything you. about sports or anything else. It's New Orleans and Nashville. You yes. can get in, and you're talking about the city. Right. No, man. New Orleans and Nashville. That's that's the answer. That's a clear answer. I knew where Anthony was going when he asked the question. 
That's exactly it. Now, I will tell you, ATL's close. Very, you know, yeah. So, so it's close. Yeah. So Figure's close. Yeah, I'm going but dirty Nashville stuff all day. Nashville is unbelievable. Yes, it is. Uh, uh, Rat was right about Nashville. Uh, but New Orleans is the one. Oh, yeah. Easily. Mardi Gras, but, man. Yeah. It's not even Mardi But That town is one of the great American cities. Do, do yourself a favor. If, if you're talking about going on vacation and going to see – you got a weekend, three, four days, and you want to hop on a plane with a bunch of guys or or even with your girlfriend, go to New Orleans. Like, is it not between restaurant? Like, there's something for everyone. Restaurant, nightlife, uh, ambiance, atmosphere, you, you name it, it's all a part of New Orleans. I mean, you really cannot go wrong in New Orleans. I love the city of New Orleans. Uh, and, and Nashville is another one. is It's underrated. It doesn't get as much attention. But you're talking about as far as the capacity go for if you like live music, if you like a, a, a just a, a, a wonderful atmosphere, great food, great sights, Nashville's another one that's underrated. Yeah, two great culinary places. You know, hey, look, so my hometown's a great town. But, you know, if I, I'm going to be real here. New Orleans and Nashville are the answers. All right, uh, Justice says what this weekend? What does Justice say this weekend if Justice was speaking Triple M? So we're talking about who, if Justice were- any form of Justice. It could be a, like, who wins, who plays well. I don't know, any kind of Justice you want, you got. Justice is speaking through you, Triple M. Hmm. This is interesting. Uh, if Justice is speaking, Ben Roethlisberger will have a very good game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, considering he threw five picks the last time and had the worst game of his life the last time he faced the same Jags defense. So oh, if there's Justice so has if a ju- soft spot for Big Ben. Yeah, so if Justice has any soft spot, then Big Ben will have a very good game against the Jacksonville Jags defense. All right, Rat. Justice is speaking for you. If justice is speaking for me, justice would smile greatly on the Minnesota Vikings for all of the pain and suffering they've endured. Not only for football, but for all of their professional sports and their college teams, justice finally is served in Minneapolis. Spoken like a man from Iowa. Yep. How what goes around comes around. You figmeister. If justice were speaking, your Philadelphia Eagles would find a way to overcome being an underdog for the first time ever, a number one seed in the divisional round, and smacking those Atlanta Falcons and getting a W despite not having Carson Wentz. Well, that's just such a great answer. And I'm not sucking up, by the way. I truly believe no. that. <laughs> I know. You know, you, you, you don't have to suck up. Yeah. It's a great answer. Lincoln, that was a great answer. That was a great answer. All right. Lincoln, for me, if justice were truly speaking, the New England Patriots would lose to the Tennessee Titans for all the calls they got away with. Yes. Yes. If justice was truly speaking, if she had taken off our blindfold and saw what she did, she would would say that this has to happen. (laughs) If she had taken off her blouse? Blindfold, not blouse. Justice has Uh covered. The Statue of Justice is supposed to be blind. Have you not seen the Statue of Justice? She's holding <laughs> I did. I was just thinking scale. about Justice taking off her blouse. Well, that's for just us, not just this. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> that was awesome. 
does really have his very good, bro. So that's Look that's at true that justice. Big Link. We just and, played some good mental volleyball right, right there. That's right. That's right. And I and I and look, I'm up and I'm up in in, in Patriots country. Yeah, you're in Connecticut. That's right. By the way, you're in New Haven. Did you have Pepe's Pizza? Yes, had Pepsi, Pepe's. You and did? They got, oh yeah, I love Pepe's. There's also there's a number of places in New Haven. There's Sally's, Pepe's, uh, Modern I'm a is Pepe's pretty good. Fan. You're a Pepe's fan. Yeah, I can't you can't go wrong with Pepe's. Uh, they've got this. Um, I think it's this. Um, it's mashed potato and bacon pizza. This is die for. Um, mashed potatoes and bacon. It's just it's one of those weird things that you try. Yeah. I also like Louis Burgers. Um, there, there's a number of places in New Haven. Gosh. I love coming here. Great um, being around, hanging around with Baker Mayfield and all the guys. Will Shield. Oh, my you gotta buddy. give me more about that. I, I, yeah. You know, I'm a Baker Mayfield fan. Yeah, he's a good guy. Good, I like good, Baker. Good young yeah. man. Good young man. Yeah, so. I like him. Years ago, I used to date this girl who was uh, went to Yale. Mm-hmm. Talk about uh, uh, <laughs> talk about playing, uh, having a a, a a a mental volleyball, a mental uh-huh. volley. It was not did not go over well because she was a scientist oh. who went to Yale. Yeah, well, you so you, you you're you, out of I was about to say she's not your type because she's not a dirty foot girl. She, yeah, she was a dirty lab uh, coat girl. <laughs> a dirty lab coat girl. <laughs> so, yeah, One of these days t- we'll have to explain our uh, what the dirty yeah, no, foot not, references not are, but not today. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Fig. Do us a favor to we'll take a little to and hit us with the trending if you don't mind. Not a problem, fellas. We'll start off in the NBA where the Warriors got a 108-94 victory over the Bucks in Milwaukee despite not having Steph Curry in the lineup for the second consecutive game as he nursed a bum ankle. Kevin Durant picked up the slack, 26 points, 6 boards, and 6 assists. Draymond Green with 21 points, 10 boards, and 7 assists for the defending champs. The Cavaliers lost their third in a row, seven of their last nine. They lose to the Pacers in Indiana, 97-95, as India raced a 22-point deficit. LeBron James had 27 points, eight boards, and 11 assists in the loss. The T-Wolves with a 118-108 victory over the Knicks. Minnesota had eight players scoring double figures, including Carl Anthony Towns, who just missed his second career triple-double. He had 23 points, 15 rebounds, and nine assists, as Minnesota has now won four in a row and 11 of the last 14 the Knicks caught in the struggle they are now 4 and 15 on the road online car shopping can be confusing not anymore with true price from true car now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car so visit true car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience elsewhere in the NBA the Rockets beat the Suns 112 to 9 to 5 behind Chris Paul's 25 points and 8 rebounds the third straight victory there for Houston the Pelicans beat the Blazers 119 to 113 DeMarcus Cousins 24 points 19 rebounds and 8 assists Anthony Davis with 36 points and 9 rebounds on his own the Wizards with a 125 to 119 victory over the Orlando Magic John Wall and Bradley Beal each with 30 points there NHL victories for the Capitals, Flames, and Canucks. NFL news, 49ers rookie Ruben Foster was arrested in Tuscaloosa, Alabama on Friday night for misdemeanor marijuana possession. He was released on $2,500 bond. Fellas? I get high. Thank you, Figgy Smalls. We appreciate it. It's not not quite legal everywhere yet there, Link. I get high. (laughs) I mean, come on. That's a violation on whoever arrested Ruben Foster. I was celebrating the national championship, but then I got high. <laughs> the old Afro man. I, I'm I sorry. Like, I, I, I think it's it, a, it was the Tuscaloosa Sheriff's Department there, uh, Anthony. That's got, a violation. That swooped him up there. 
That's a violation. Uh, he meant so much to your program. The guy smoking a J, you're gonna you're gonna take him in. Also, it should be one of those. Oh, hold up, you Ruben Foster. You know what? We didn't see anything. Yeah, Just yeah. keep on pushing. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Justice, because justice says he was a great player and he helped me win a national championship. That's right. <laughs> Many people will not disagree with you. But we'll then I got high. <laughs> we're, we're the fellas. Oh, I, like I'm all for giving a guy. A second chance when it's like something like that. Like, give me a break. A little wacky tobacco? Yeah, we're the fellas. We're coming <laughs> live from the guy called Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance. Just visit geico.com for that free rate quote. Having some fun with the divisional playoffs that begin today, 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 Pacific. We'll have some picks for you a little bit later in the program. But we're going over these questions. I gave you 10 questions uh, for this weekend of football. Question number four is this. If you had to be in a fight, like a fight to the death, which of the fans would you choose to be behind you? Let's start off with Triple M. To me, this is easy. Eagles fans. So you choose the Eagle fans. Yes. You're doing a lot of Pennsylvania ass kissing this morning. Why is that? Uh, <laughs> Every uh, one of your questions well, and answers have been around Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Well, I don't, what is that? <laughs> well, okay. To be fair, to be fair, on that on that fan, on that uh, city thing, I was not fully thinking about it, and I should have said New Orleans instantly, but that was my fault. So I'll live it. I'll live with that. Well, but, but on we'll this one, just don't be, worry about it, Triple M. It's no, a good answer. No. Nah. And, and, like, I, I I do. I do. Hey, you know what? Hey, those teams in the East Coast, with me being a Browns fan, you know what? I have to – like, my rival, the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know what? Hey, I don't hate them. So, there's that. But, uh, yeah, just I, – I think I would rather have the Eagles fans behind me in a fight. Well, look, I mean, the, the, just to go over it real quick, the New Orleans fans are rabid, right? They like are. The, they're, they're a good rabid bunch. You would have the Minnesota, we have Vikings fans. Ah, you know, they're pretty loud. They're pretty They're pretty, they're pretty loud, yeah. They're pretty, they're pretty good. Steeler fans are, are rough. You have Boston. Boston guys are tough. That's right. ATL, nah. Uh, Jacksonville, you have to go to London to get the really tough guys. Yeah, there's, only five, there's only five. There's <laughs> a bunch, of, tough guys just in a bunch of empty seats sitting behind you. That's Jacksonville fans Yeah, well, right all there. those fans would yeah. be in the swimming pool. Yeah. But if you go to the east side of London, you know, you got some tough some tough dudes over there. Uh, no ATO, I said. No Tennessee. Nah. Nah. Not really. Figgy, who you go? Oh, I'm sorry. It's Rat's turn. Rat, who you go? <laughs> I uh, first was thinking about Philly fans, but I'm going to go with um, New Orleans Saints fans. Just the city itself is a great city, but it does have kind of a gritty, uh, edgy yeah. sort of uh, nighttime sure. reputation, if you know what I mean. So no, it's a good choice. Let's yep. see, gritty. They are gritty, and you might be able to put Ooh, a voodoo, a little voodoo spell on voodoo. Too. Yeah, a little pin cushion, little Madam. What's what, like who is it, Madame Trousseau? Madame, Madame Trousseau's Trousseau, yeah, Trousseau, yeah, Madame Trousseau. Who you got, Fig? 
Well, if it's a fight to the death, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So I'm taking Boston fans. Yeah, you cheaters. Yeah, mm-hmm. dirty. They dirty, play dirty. Dirty folk. You know how those Pats do. Yeah. yeah, and prior to this dynasty, there was only 20 of them, and now there's 20 million of them. <laughs> right, so exactly. You got, you got numbers on your side. A whole that. legion of them. I almost got. I well, I um, I have a story of a fight with a Boston fan to Marriott in Boston. No, a physical, like actual Philly, physical fight, Philly man, yes. and, and a Boston man. Yeah, that's never. No, but I didn't do anything. I literally, I was with a buddy of mine. This dude was one of these. This guy was a monster. Like a like he was not as big as you link, but he was about six five. About two eighty steroid dude. All right, juice dude, and ah! a gym bro. Was, yeah, he was a gym bro, like yeah. a gigantic gym bro. Okay, he was a like gym a rat. <laughs> he was like a grunk, right? Right, and and it was one of those deals where the guy like bumps into me. Like I, we bumped into each other. It was completely like coming out at leaving the hotel, and like you know he went all like obnoxious. At me, and I was like, "Yo, dude, you, you, I'm sorry, you you didn't, uh, you know, like as I came back at him." So luck be luck has it, we come back from a night out at the same exact time. We're going up. It's the Copley, the Copley Square, the Copley Marriott, uh-huh. and so the registration was on the second floor on the ele- on the escalators. Well, th- like we, so he he sees me, he starts drawing again. So I'm yelling, I go, dude, you know, like I get, I come right back at him, which was not right, but I did. So as I come up the escalator, he's waiting for me. The two <laughs> of us go wrestling into the plants. Oh, man. Um, it was, it was, it was literally a brawl. And his girlfriend, went, like, so I'm trying to fight this dude, and the girlfriend is on, on my back. Sm- smacking me in the head, punching <laughs> me in the head. Oh, it was awful. Oh man, cops came. Luckily, I was a, a platinum Ma- Marriott member. Oh, so that status uh, got you out. There you go. Uh, Listen, like that. And they were so. like, I was like, look at him. He's <laughs> and he started drawing with the cop, and the cop <laughs> went, "Listen, go away. I know it's not you." Right. But meanwhile, it was ugly. Oh wow. Plants flying. Oh man. Mm-mm-mm. It's a good thing. It's a good thing I can fight dirty too. There you go. Uh, Southside. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lincoln, where you got? I'm going to go with uh, Steeler Country. I'm going to take the the terrible towels because I know they'll come out of the woodwork. They are nasty. The, ste- the Steeler Country. That's very good. Very good. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. All right, coming up, we're going to do. Uh, I got a couple more. I got three JOs. I got who are you sick of? And your best food on the horizon were the fellas. This is the uh, top 10 divisional questions right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fellas! On Fox Sports Radio. Look at Kennedy Anthony Gargano. And so, just a, just a uh, interesting weather note here in Philadelphia where the first game will kick off at 4.30 local time. When I got into my car to drive to the studio, it was 54 degrees. 
And currently right now, it's 32. So that's three, basically four hours ago, it was 54 degrees, and currently it's 32. 22 degree drop in just a couple hours, and it's going to get it's going to drop further for kickoff. It'll be into the mid to upper 20s. Yeah, Chile. Yeah. How, how does that going to affect scoring, Lincoln? Uh, it's going to keep it. It's going to be a low scoring game. It's not going to be a whole lot of scoring. They're not going to be throwing it around. It's going to be bitter cold. I think it plays to the Eagles. It helps the Eagles. Give them a little hand. Take the advantage. under. Take the yes, under. That's exactly like, right. Take the under all day. Yes, Mike. And also to further the point, the winds are going to be at 24 miles an hour. There you go. So looking at the over-under is what, 40 and a half? Yeah, take the under. 40 and a half. Take the, take the under. No question. 40 and a half. Wow. They're just begging you to go over, which means go under. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Uh, let's go. Let's uh, continue with the divisional questions. <laughs> right now, give me three guys you're sick of. You're like, just go the bleep away. Lincoln, this is a layup for you, so I'll start with you. Okay. Um, it's the three Bs. Belichick, Brady, and Bortles. <laughs> Oh, I'm surprised. I thought you were going to go Bell, and you could have the four Bs. No, I could add a fourth, but you just had you limited the three. So my limitations. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody in the Bortles after the way throw he played, Antonio Brown equation go five. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anytime you know you got a quarterback who played as poorly as you did, and then he comes out, he says, "Man, I'm under as much criticism as LeBron James." Really? <laughs> you kidding? You really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't <laughs> think so. Did you just compare yourself to LeBron James? Uh, LeBron. <laughs> Let me see. Le- LeBron, Blake Le- Bortles. Let's just Le- call him LeBlake oh. from Le- now Blake. on, okay? LeBlake. I like that one. Here he is. LeBlake picked off. Oh, my. Uh, Triple M, three guys you're sick of. Uh, I, I'm actually going to kind of follow suit, not completely with what Lincoln said. I'm going to go Brady, Bortles, and Peyton. Bortles, one more time. Bray, Bray, Brady, Bortles, and Peyton. So you hate the commercials? Yes. The and who's the who's the commercial? Who's the the singer? The country singer? Uh, the oh, with the, with the with the nationwide. Yes, Tori Kelly, I think is her name. It's uh, actually no, no, it's a dude. Uh, Brad They're, Paisley. Oh, Brad Paisley. Yeah, yeah Brad like Paisley. they're writing the jingle. It's not bad, uh, you know. I no, mean, it isn't. Know. It gets stuck in your head. I, I well, think, well, Mike, well, you uh, mean Sean Payton, not Payton no, Manning, no, yeah, correct? Yeah, yeah, Sean Payton. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about Manning. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Sean Payton, I agree. I didn't know I'm Peyton Manning was eligible. Yeah, no, I, was, no, I, was, I, was, I was wondering where that was going. I was like, whoa, whoa okay. <laughs> yeah, no wonder why. I, my, excuse me. I was, was going last me. names. I threw everyone off there, so yeah. Yeah, no, bad. no. And I'm just thinking Peyton. I'm just thinking Peyton Manning. No, yeah, because no, he's like, a if fe- you watch enough football, you see all the commercials. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? oh, of course. Yeah, it's like sticks with you. Yeah. Uh, who you got, Rat? I'm going to stick with three Bs. And you could also just throw Le- LeVar Ball in there because I said... The three Bs. I'm going to go with, uh, actually, actually, four Bs. Big Ben, Brady, and Belichick. 
They are the old guard um, of the yeah. NFL right now. And actually, I really uh, have a soft spot in my heart for like the guys that are still around from the great uh, quarterback classes and such. But, you know, I, I do like to see some fresh blood. I mean, this, for me, is kind of a, a little, I don't know, a little bit of a divisive question. I mean, um, no, I mean, I don't know why that's funny, Mike, but... <laughs> um, no, we're all, we're, we're all about creating controversy yeah, on this yeah, show. Yeah, we are. Exactly. But um, those guys huh? have all been around forever, so I'm just huh? going to say those What is he talking guys. about? What happened? Huh? <laughs> no, no. I get it. I get it. Uh, Figgy. Brady Belichick and all of New England's fans. You can all hit the bricks. <laughs> all of Boston. <laughs> all of you. Hit you the bricks. Boston. Yes. All Patriot fans, yeah. So of, don't ship back to Boston, Boston. Yeah. I'm guessing. Okay. All right. Lincoln. I already gave you mine. Oh, yeah. What am I saying? I started with you. I don't know. That's what yeah, I no, no. I, I started with you. I was no, saying I, was I, talking so long, I forgot where we were. I was like, huh? What is I was that? rambling, yeah. yeah. No, that's what I do. It's all right. You were like, like Leonard Fournette. <laughs> rumbling, <laughs> rambling. It's not bad. All right. We'll come back. And uh, the three guys you want to have beers with. Think about that one. And think about food items from each city. We're the fellas, Divisional Weekend, Fox Sports Radio. Ho, 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 that's us, fellas, on the uh, best weekend of, in all the playoffs, which is you get the four games, usually better than Wild Card Weekend, although Wild Card Weekend was highly entertaining. Usually you get more blowouts Wild Card Weekend, but last week was highly entertaining. Uh, all the games were good, except... Like the Jacksonville game was kind of ugly, but nevertheless, I mean, I, you know, the the first two games on Saturday were amazing upsets, and and even New Orleans Carolina was uh, was close and thrilling. Lincoln Kennedy, Anthony Gargano from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, where fifteen minutes can save you fifteen percent or more in car insurance. Just visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Like, uh, um, you found supreme enjoyment from those games last week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even for what it's worth, um, the abominational play out of Blake Bortles and the Jaguars, it was still the, the Bills-Jaguar game was entertaining. Oh, um, uh, that's LeBlake to you? <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry. They're right. LeBlake, LeBlake. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and, 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 no, the last week's playoff games were good, and I'm looking forward to, you know, a nice divisional round as well today. Yeah, yeah. Um... I, I think it's going to be pretty good. I do. I think it's going to be a really good weekend. First game should be a really good defensive close game between the defending NFC champions mm-hmm. and the top-seeded Eagles. Mm-hmm. Tonight should be a blowout. Tomorrow, Pitts-Jacksonville. I think it's going to be a good game, and then we know the cap Minnesota and New Orleans is going to be a good game. Mm-hmm. You agree with all that? I agree. I agree with all that, yeah. Uh, if there is one shock the world moment that could come this weekend, what could be the shock? And it might not necessarily be one of these underdogs winning, but something that would kind of shock you that you smell. That I'd smell or I'd like to smell. I'm hopeful for. No, <laughs> that you kind of smell. You, you no, smelled in the air. I, I mean, well, I've already said it. I don't know if there, if it's necessarily a surprise or a stretch. I think that whoever wins the Saints-Vikings game is going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I agree with that. I don't know if I, I, I don't that. know if that answers your question, but you know that's that's that that's so what surprising. I said. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, we'll go. We'll have our picks a little bit later on. Matt Rule 
will join us in about 15 minutes. Matt was interviewed in Indianapolis. He's the Baylor coach, and he took his name out of the running um, to concentrate on Baylor, and um, which was kind of interesting. Some of the other stuff, I guess, you know, again, all what we're hearing is uh, Matt Patricia and Josh McDaniels, right. Detroit. We're looking at maybe Arizona. Right. And Indy, they're the jobs that are open, that remain open. So it should be interesting to see what happens there. But it's it's the fun weekend. It's this weekend where, you know, we're going to see some interesting football. My question to you is in the opener, uh, blustery conditions, I've, we've said all morning, uh, can the Eagles generate enough offense to win this game against Atlanta? The over-under, you guys said 40 and a half. So to me, it's the team that scores twenty is going to win, right? Shoot, if it even gets that high, I I say I I expect it to be a low. If if it's low scoring, it definitely favors the Eagles because that means they've had their run game established. That's what they're going to be banking on running running game and being able to get to Matt Ryan and snuffle out that pass game, uh, along with the elements. So uh, I'm taking the under. I think it's a low scoring game. The the can the Eagles score enough? Can the Eagles win this game? With Nick Foles, really, that's been the question. Nick Foles, right? If Carson Wentz was the, were the quarterback, the Eagles would be an overwhelming favorite. Right, 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 right. And with with the Matt Ryan and this Falcons offense, that's why people are looking at them, especially what they did last week against the Rams. So, I, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a low scoring game because I think the the key to it is for them to establish a run and maintain the run to keep that offense, that Falcon offense, off the field. I was curious about this. Was there a great disappointment in Los Angeles? No. With the Rams going no. down? No, not to me. I just think that, you know, they're they're this is what we've talked about many, many times. This is why I say play guys. I don't like resting my starters. I can play them for a quarter just like I treat a a, a, a preseason game, but to totally sit somebody out down, the Rams started rusty. They looked rusty. They looked. They did not have any rhythm on offense, and they didn't get started. They couldn't even put a drive together, get points on the board to the final two minutes of the second quarter. That was a lot of time, a lot of wasted opportunities, and wasted possessions. And this is what I. This is what happens to me when you get out of rhythm. I know coaches are trying to protect their players, and they want to give them time off, especially from a long season. But I'd much rather, as a coach, go out there and play my guys, you know, a, a quarter or a half or whatever, in a meaningless game, just to keep that rhythm about them, rather than anything else. Well, you have four teams that are coming off buys and coming off uh, a lot of rest. And uh, of the four teams, do you expect you know rhythm to be an issue? A little Eagles, bit of a snow, uh, slow start. Yep, absolutely. Pittsburgh, I do. I do. I do. Especially because Antonio Brown was uh, injured for the final couple of weeks. For Pittsburgh, yeah, I could totally see that. You see what I'm saying? I, I yeah. expect to do. I expect a little bit of slow start. But the thing about those teams. You know, those teams have got a defense that can keep them around. So it's not like, you know, our, if our offense isn't scoring, we have no chance. They got a defense that can keep you into it. Yeah, I agree. And I guess the team that has to be most concerned, I would say, is Minnesota because the New Orleans offense is clicking and they're in rhythm, and you don't want to face New Orleans in rhythm. That's true. Want, it's going to take some time for you to get into rhythm. That's exactly right. So that should be interesting. Uh, quick little fun thing. We've been doing these random questions. The three guys left in the playoffs, three figures, could be anybody, that you would like to go have some beers with. So <clears throat> if I said to you, Triple M, 
Who uh, who you like to go get some beers with? Your answer would be? Um, first off, Rob Gronkowski. Then that's pretty self-explanatory. That guy's an animal. Chug, 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 yeah. chug. Yeah, he, we, that would that would be a great time. Uh, I'm going to go Drew Brees just because I, I think he's just like a down-to-earth dude, and I yeah. think it would be a lot of fun to have knock back a couple with him. And then uh, your your boy, uh, Aunt, uh, Carson Wentz. Seems like a fun guy to go uh, knock back a couple beers with as well. He's a good dude. He's a great dude. Yeah, the he, ginger he, Jesus. Ginger Jesus is a good dude. Uh, let me ask you, Rat. You got three dudes. Who would you want to hang out with? Uh, I would I would uh, have a couple beers with Doug Marone and get him uh, a little bit tipsy and ask him what happened in Buffalo, why he left. I mean, we know kind of why he left. Um management issues but really just get some candid answers from him and a little truth serum always helps out with that yeah he's he's a fun he's actually a fun meat guy well he did he worked wonders in buffalo and i mean he's him and tom coughlin down in jacksonville are really getting it turned around so yeah um him doug marone and then i'd say uh his quarterback blake bortles because i I hear he likes to throw him back a little bit he'd be a fun guy to go out with lay blake le blake go out and party down a little bit and then um Belichick, just because he's just so fascinating. Like, who is the yes. guy when he's not behind the lectern? You know, uh, who is he like at home? Like, how does he relax? Like, what kind of you know? So yeah. th- those are my three right there. No, he's a fascinating figure. Do we have our f- good dear friend Ilo? Kind of got an outside the box one here. Not a player, not a coach. New England Patriots radio analyst. The irrepressible Scott Zola. Oh yes, <laughs> Dude, you, like this is why you uh, you are just a, an ace. You're lord of trendings because you go Zolak, who is that, who talks unicorns. Yeah, exactly. I could just picture you know it being like two o'clock in the morning and Gronk going, "Oh, I'm really tired. I got to go home." And Zolak's just getting started. Here's a little here's a little taste from the Super Bowl a couple that. years ago. Six foot six tight end. All day long, baby. All day long, baby. All day long. Here he is. I know. I know. You a little under the weather? Yes, but you know what, Anthony? I would rather look good than feel good. Well, I know. Place hurt, man. I like it. I love it. All right, Ilo. Who else? No, just Zolak, man. He's All an. Right, he's that's enough. What we need. Yeah, you got it. Zolak, <laughs> king of the unicorns. Give me the three guys you want to hang with. Let me go with uh, defensive end Cameron Jordan for the Saints. I want to go with Drew Brees from the Saints. And I'm going to go, my third one is going to be Antonio Brown. Very good. Very, very good. I like it. All right. Uh, What we're going to do is take a quick T.O. We're going to come back. Matt Rule, Baylor coach, will join us. Uh, He'll also chime in on playoffs. And then we'll have picks for all four games. And another question or two, if we can fit it in. We're the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago, man. We are the fellas. He's Anthony Gargano. I'm Lincoln Kennedy. And we're pleased to be joined by Baylor football head coach Matt Rule. And, Coach, I just want to jump right into it. First of all, so thankful for you to join us this morning. I, I, you know, I, we heard about the Colts interview. You have had a busy couple of years, man. What, how do you quantify everything that you've been through so far? Uh, you know what? Uh, 
the hardest thing I'm dealing with right now is my that my son uh, won't listen to his mom right now. So <laughs> that seems, that's way more stress than anything else that's I got going on. I can promise you that. <laughs> literally, uh, you, you guys think I'm joking? Literally, literally, right before I got on the radio, I said, "Don't listen to your mom." So that's what I'm dealing with right now. That's <laughs> the life of a coach. I know, I know how, I know how it is. I got the eight and the four year old. <laughs> They are they're terrors, man. So, <laughs> so, so let me ask you. Uh, you make sure that you tell everyone that it's about Baylor, and it's about Baylor. And one thing, I, and I got to say this. And uh, Matt, I, I saw, I watched the tape, and I saw a real improvement from from the beginning of that season to the end of the year, where you guys were in games. You guys are playing the Texas is tough. You guys get a win. You guys are playing tough by the end of the year. Well, you know, um, it's never fun having the kind of season that we just had. Um, but, you know, I, I think what, what, what it allows you to do is it allows you to really go back and, you know, define for the guys, hey, this is how we want to play. You know, this is how we want to play defense. This is how we want to run to the ball. This is how we want to try to run the football. And so when they don't have the tangible rewards, they have to really concentrate on, okay, the details. And, and I think by the end of the year, you know, we were – beginning to play, you know, pretty decent football. And I think it, because we were playing so many young guys, I think it bodes really well for the future. I think our kids left that season saying, you know what, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to have a chance to be a good team, you know, not too far away. Coach, I know that every coaching staff goes back and looks on the, the past season and see and tries to figure out what they, what improvements they made over the course of the season. What was your biggest takeaway as far as the improvement of your team from beginning to last? I would say it was really uh, mental. You know, I, I would say it was, uh, you know, I, you know, kind of defining for them, hey, you know, we're, we're going to be a really physical team. We're going to be a team that loves to practice. We're going to be a team that, you know, what it doesn't really matter, um, you know, what uniform combination we wear or, or what music we listen to before the game. It's about, you know, who's going to go out and lay their hands on, on the opponent and, and, and booth them? Who's going to go out and, and do what it takes to win? And so um, I think our mindset really came 360 degrees. I mean, they – they, uh, you know, they started in one place and, and really changed everything that they looked at in terms of uh, what was important, what mattered. And, and when you lose, you have to do that, man. It makes you look deep inside your soul and say, what do I have to do to make this stop? And, and uh, so that, that's why that was fun, and that's why I'm excited, you know, to really have a chance to see it through because um, when you see guys, you know, make the progress they made, you know, you want to be there for the, for the good part of it as well. And what was it? We're talking to Matt Rule, coach at Baylor, and what was it? And uh, look, I, you had a whirlwind week, and, and we all know. And but what was it that made you that made the the commitment to next season to Baylor that much stronger for you? Well, you know, I, I just uh, really appreciate uh, the, these young people, um, uh, the kids that are on this team, and you know, I really appreciate the people around Baylor. I mean, you know, we, we left the field three times after a loss. Uh, to a standing ovation, and you know that—that certainly—that's only something I want to happen have happen in year one. Wow. I don't want that people to do that moving forward. But the way that the the, the people and you know in Baylor Nation supported this team and recognized what they were up against and recognized what they were overcoming and stood by us—I mean, it was it was powerful. And then you know we have great leadership here. I have a great excuse me. I have a great you know AD. I have a great president, and um, you know they. They could see the progress, you know, amidst you know the the losses, and so to me, when you have people like that, when you have people that have your back, um, when you're not having tremendous success, it makes you want to go to war for them, as you guys know. It makes you want to let them someday, you know, stand there and call themselves champions. And that was 
that was why I was okay leaving Temple because, you know, the people that stood there with me when we were 2-10, and 10, they had a chance to hold their heads high and say, hey, we're champions, and I want nothing more than that, that to happen again for the, the Baylor people. Baylor football head coach Matt Rule is joining us this morning on the fellas, uh, Anthony Gargano and Lincoln Kennedy. And, and Coach, I want to jump into an attitude I'm sure you've faced in your, your coaching career. Uh, in reference to the Tennessee Titans taking on the New England Patriots, most people don't give the Titans a chance, even though they're in the position, they are in the playoffs, to beat the Patriots on the home field. What is it? What type of motivational factors have you used in your your past to to talk to your team, to 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 launch them or to prepare them to to take on a you know a giant and, and dethrone somebody or something like that in this situation? Well, you know, um, you know, we, we've had a couple of those wins during my my time at Temple, and we'll have some of those at Baylor. And I think the thing is, is you know, Bill Parcells once said, "There's a way to win every game." And um, you know, when you have that mindset, you know, it eliminates it eliminates from the coaching staff and the players' excuses. You know, there's a way to win every game, and and, and it might be hard, it might be feel like it's impossible, but there's a way to do it, and you have to find uh, that one way. The thing for me that's great about those games is is you know, the thing that keeps people from playing great football is usually doubt, fear, and failure. You know, those. Those feelings, those those things, they're hindrances. They hold you back. They keep you from being, you know, in, in the flow. They keep you from playing without, you know, without, you know, any hesitation. And to me, when you're going into a game where you're a prohibitive favorite, man, why not? Why not go out and play freely? Why? It doesn't mean you have to be stupid. It doesn't mean you take, you know, ridiculous chances. But you can go out there and, and shoot your gun, man. You can go out there and and let it go. And that's a when you do that. When you when you take great athletes, you take a Marcus Mariota, and you. And you, you know, take the, the pressure off and say, go play. You know, what do we have to lose? Uh, sometimes great things can happen. Talking to Matt Rule, Baylor coach, and when you arrived in, in Waco, Matt, you, you, there was a dark cloud. I mean, we know what the program went under. And yet, as you emerge from your first year, you guys have the 15th ranked recruiting class. How'd you do it? I mean, that's amazing. Well, you know, I think a lot of it is is that uh, you know the, the program, you know, you know, I think I think the program and the university really, you know, they sell themselves. It's an elite education. It's you know, we have beautiful facilities. We're in a beautifully centrally located place here in Waco. Um, it's a chance to really change your change your life and set your life up. You know, coming here and getting into this network of alumni and this network of people, and it's a place that cares about you know who you are. It's a place built, built on faith and leadership and service, and so. I think our coaching staff is a bunch of real guys. I mean, there's no, like, you know, we're not fancy. There's not a bunch of prima donnas. We go out there and we build relationships and we tell people, hey, this is what, this is what we're about and this is how we're going to do things. And, Except you know, for you know, Lincoln, you, Yeah. <laughs> we've, got a, we've got a bunch of guys. We're like a hodgepodge. You know, we've got guys from Rhode Island. We've got guys from Texas. I mean, we, we just are what we are, man. And so, but, you know, you know, Lincoln mentioned earlier about, you know, the craziness of this week. And, and um, you know, I think the one thing that, that people see is that I'm a person that, you know, wants kids to grow up and to be men. But, you know, we also run our organization like an NFL organization. And, and um, when you come through here, when, when you leave, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have a chance to, you know, be a pro at something. You know, if you have the talent, you'll be an NFL player. If not, you'll go be a lead at everything you do. You know, we demand accountability. We, we demand excellence. And if you look at the kids that played for me at Temple, I mean, you know, uh, Tyler Matikiewicz goes in the seventh round and he's, he's a team captain, <laughs> you know, uh, Ian Knight, it's Robbie Anderson, all these guys, they go into these NFL teams and they're, they're on the verge of making the Pro Bowl in year two and year three because they know how to be pros and they've been pushed. And so I think kids and their families see this as a chance to come to a place where the, the coaching staff wants them to get an education, but they're also going to get trained to go be a, a great pro someday. 
Coach, uh, you gotta add, I want to know if you think the the climate, the overall climate of the college football is changing because now we're seeing, you know, once upon a time when I was back in school, and I'm sure you probably had the same uh, um, uh, the outlook or the same experience. Freshman redshirted. It was just a way, yep. no way around it. Freshman redshirted. But now we're seeing a lot more younger, younger players thrusted into the spotlight and none bigger than this past national championship game where a freshman quarterback came on the field and led Arizona with a comeback victory. Is 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 the climate of, of college football changing in that capacity? I mean, you know, once upon a time, coaches wanted to keep their guys and groom them as long as possible before they put them out there. And, and it's not necessarily out of necessity, but this is, seems to be a, a, a trend around the country. Yeah, you know, I, I think um... – I think it, you know every situation is maybe a little unique. I think it happens a lot more at quarterback, especially. You know, we're mm-hmm. we're in a day and age now where if I'm not the starter by my second or third year, you know, or if I don't feel like hey, it's going to work out well for me, you know, a lot of kids, uh, a lot of kids pick up and go somewhere else. And um, I'm not saying anything negative or positive about that. It's just it is what it is. And so you end up. It's hard to keep. You know, the days of keeping four or five quarterbacks on your roster. That's really really hard to do now. And uh, you know, I look at Clemson and. You know, Kelly Bryant, you know, I mean, he, he sat and waited his turn. I mean, that's that's the exception now rather more than the rule. And so I think a lot of coaches try to get their players on the field and get them playing as soon as possible, and, and um, even if it's in a limited role. Um, but, but you know what, kids are coming in. They're so well prepared now that, uh, you know, especially being here in the state of Texas, you know, kids that come out of Texas high school football, um, the, the they are ready to, to come in and learn a playbook and know how to practice at the college level because they've been doing it. Uh, with the way that they, you know, they run high school football here. So, um, yeah, the kids are much more prepared. They train year-round, and, and you can use them if you need them. T- take us real quick into the mind of Saban, where it's halftime, and he goes to Tua. He goes to the kid, 18 years old. And by the way, the kid is, like, unfazed by anything. He throws the pick, doesn't matter, comes down the field. He get, takes the sack in overtime, doesn't matter, throws the game winner. How, how do you make that sw- – I mean, it was impressive the way it all played out. Yeah, he's got a lot – you know, that's what – he's got a lot more guts than I do. i <laughs> tell you what. And, uh, you know, but he knows something, you know, and I think that's the one thing about, you know, great coaches is is they, you know, they have the guts to do what they think is right. And, and, and you know, he doesn't worry – and they don't worry about, you know, how, how's this going to look. You know, I've been around the coaches that – a lot of coaches that aren't great coaches, and they're so worried about, hey, how's this going to look if this doesn't work? And, you know, the fear of failure never allows you to make a great decision. And so when you expect that something's not going to work, the answer is always no. And uh, I think that was just a great lesson for me as a young coach that, you know what, um, that's what he thought was going to be right, whether it worked out or not. And he, he pulled the trigger no matter, no matter what the ramifications would be. All right, Coach, nope. and last one for me. I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, who do you like this weekend in the pro game? Uh, you know, I, I don't think you can. Uh, I don't think you can ever go against uh, the Patriots. You know, I'm, uh, I don't think you can ever really go against uh, the Steelers. You know, I'm, I'm one of those guys that you know I, I believe in. Ex- I believe in experience. You know, when it comes down the pike, I'm a guy that believes in uh, veteran quarterbacks. I'm a guy that believes in uh, you know veteran coaches. I think when you've been there, it uh, it makes things uh, way easier <laughs> than when you haven't been there before. Matt, listen, uh, congratulations on, uh, I think, a huge step in your first year at Baylor. Continued success. I could see it, I could see it happening. So, uh, listen, best to you. And, and thanks. I know it was a, it was a crazy week for you. And look, I'm sure you felt great about it, too. I mean, I, I think you should be proud of yourself. So go, get, go back to work and, and uh, best to the family for me. Hey, thank you, guys. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, Coach.
There he is, Matt Rule, coach at Baylor on the Comcast Business Hotline. Give us a little insight into that decision. Uh, now we go to the Lord of Trendings, Ilo. Anthony, we begin in the NBA, where on Friday night, the Indiana Pacers rallied from a 22-point first-half deficit for a 97-95 win over the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavs have lost three straight. Golden State without Steph Curry again, but still won at Milwaukee by 14 for their 11th consecutive road victory. Break up the Minnesota Timberwolves. Carl Anthony Towns, 23 points, 15 rebounds, 9 assists, and a 10-point win over the Knicks. Minnesota's won four in a row and 11 of 14. And on 80s night in Denver, the Nuggets held the Grizzlies under 80 with an 87-78 victory. Unfortunately, in extremely disappointing news, the Nuggets did not wear their legendary famous 80s Rainbow Skyline uniforms. Remember those? Anyway, in the NFL, San Francisco 49ers linebacker Reuben Foster arrested Friday in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, charged with second-degree possession of marijuana. Today's playoff action kicks off at 4.35 Eastern with the Battle of the Birds as the Eagles host the Falcons. Then at 8.15 Eastern, the Tennessee Titans visit the defending Super Bowl champion New England Patriots. Sorry to been undressed. Oh, sorry about that, Coach. Back to you, Anthony. <laughs> sorry to been undressed. Thank you, Ilo. Appreciate it. We're the fellas looking at Kennedy Anthony Gargano live from the from the uh, incredible Fox Sports Radio studios as we hang out. And uh, with a Geico, by the way, you can save 15% or more. Just go to geico.com and get a free rate quote. And now joining us, one of the preeminent analysts of the game, a man who studies the game from a microscopic level, he goes. He goes on another level. D- dives deep down into the rabbit hole of football. You could follow him at Baldy NFL. He is the great Brian Baldinger. Baldy, cause what's going on, man? How are you today, Lincoln? Ha- Baldy, happy New Year. Same it's you, a buddy. blessed morning here. Blessed it morning is. here in divisional championship weekend. All right, uh, you're in town, correct? Yes, I am. All right, you you have experienced the temperature. I was telling everyone that when I got here early, early in the wee hours of the morning, it was 54 degrees, and yeah. right now it's 30. Yeah, no, it's it's windy too. It's really windy here in Philadelphia. So uh, I don't think that's going to calm down. I mean, it's going to be gusting up to you know 25, 30 miles an hour here. This afternoon, I don't think this is going to die down. So the temperatures have plummeted, but the winds have also picked up. So it tells me that it's, it's uh, football weather. That's what it tells me. That's right. So what, so play this one out. Play Eagles and Falcons. You know both these teams really well. You've seen them both uh, throughout the course of the year, called both of their games. How, how, do you, how do you break this one down, particularly with the weather? Well, you know, you get to this uh, – this kind of game and this kind of weather, I mean, it's about running the ball and stopping the run and all that. And, you know, the Eagles, they've had the best run defense in the league statistically. They've given up the fewest rush yards. And so that's a pretty good starting point. If you're an Eagle fan, if you're in Philadelphia, you want to see the Birds win today. I mean, stopping both Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman on the way to getting to Matt Ryan, that's, that, that's a pretty good formula if you want to – kind of draw up a game plan about how to win the game. So I'd say the Eagles, it's the colder it gets, the nastier it gets, the more it favors them right now. 
Sticking with the NFC, you know, uh, last week the Saints had to beat a team they knew in their division, the Carolina Panthers, the third time to move on. This instance, they're going to go up against the Vikings this weekend, and they played them the week one. Different because the Vikings have changed their quarterback and running back, but their defense is still stingy, and both teams found their sort of way throughout the season. How do you think that one plays out? Uh, I don't know, Link. I've got my popcorn ready for it. It's going to be a great showdown. And you can go back and forth on either team. Case Keenum's never been there before. What's that going to do to them? You know, I mean, you can say all these different things. At the end of the day, this uh, offense of the New Orleans Saints, I've watched them and studied them a long time, and Minnesota's really good. They're, they're a really good defense. But whatever you want to try to take away, they just have a great counter to it. You know, last week, the Carolina Panthers, they know, obviously, they know the Saints really well. They see them twice every year. They really did a great job, magnificent job, of shutting down the running game of the New Orleans Saints, which is really good. But they gave up a lot of passing yards, a lot of big plays in the passing game. So you've got to kind of pick your poison. Saints have been there before. They know that stadium. They know the noise and what it can be like. I like the Saints in this game, like in an upset. Wow! Wow! I mean, look, at the end of the day, the Saints' defense is a lot better than it was week one. I mean, Marshawn yeah. Lattimore is a different player. He's played 16 of these games, or close to 16. He was injured a couple games. Ken Crawley didn't play in that first game. He's a really good number two corner. I just think that they do a good job against Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, you know, on the outside and in the slot and bunch formations and all the stuff that they'll do with those two players. I think they match up really well with them, and I think it makes it difficult for Case Keenum to move the ball. So, but but how that Minnesota defense is nasty. How yeah, are the nasty. Saints going to now? Tell me how the well, Saints, how the Saints move it. Well, so when you study the Saints, this is what they do. They do certain things that establish your defense's pattern in how you move and how do you react. It could be toss sweep. It could be eye formation, iso lead. Once they establish what your pattern is to how you're going to defend, a seven-man front, an eight-man front, what man coverage, once they establish what you're doing, they're going to counter that pattern. And they get a lot of big plays off misdirection, play action, all those kind of things. And the, the Vikings won't be a bad defense if they give up big plays. They're just going to play – they're just going to read their keys. And once they realize what you're doing and how you're moving, they're just the best in the league at being able to counter that. And I think that's it's not a, it's not a weakness of Minnesota. Nobody else really knows how to attack them quite like the Saints do. Baldy, uh, turning the page over to the AFC, your thoughts. Is it a pre-gone conclusion it's Pittsburgh and New England in the championship again? Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of easy to rubber stamp that, but I give both, both of the visiting teams a chance. Um, you know, Jacksonville went there obviously in week five and they won 30 to nine and they forced five Ben Roethlisberger's, you know, interceptions. The two of them went for touchdowns and it blew the, a seven to six game wide open in the fourth quarter of that game. But I think, I, I just think that Jacksonville's defense is going to keep this game really close. I do they're, too. I, yeah, there you go. Cause I mean, I just think when you watch him compete week in, week out, Almost the better the personnel you have, the better they play. So Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye, I mean, those tandem of corners 
whatever you want to put out there. If Antonio Brown is healthy, uh, if he's close to 100%, whether it's Martavis Bryant, Eli Rogers, whatever it is you're putting out there, they are really highly competitive at being able to go and play you. And they made it difficult on Ben Roethlisberger in that fifth week of the season in Pittsburgh. And I think they're going to make it difficult for him again this week. So are we going to see, does this look like a, uh, I agree with you, does this look like a weekend where defenses are going to reign supreme? I think so. I think it starts, you know, sometimes you have to wait to the championship game or the Super Bowl in order to the defenses to really shine. But I think that's going to be the theme. The theme is these teams that have been pretty good scoring teams all year are going to find it difficult. I think you're going to find it difficult in the elements, uh, in the Northeast, in these conditions, you know, I mean, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia and New England, I think that's what you're going to see. I think you're going to see difficult ways to move the football in the wind and the cold. And and uh, and I think the defenses are just better than the offenses. I, I, I don't believe that Pittsburgh has ever really put it all together offensively. In a game this year, they, they always either nah, have to come look, back from behind yeah. or they just never really take charge of a game. It's, it's been a problem with them all year. They look a tick off. I don't know if it's Ben that feels a tick off. I don't know. That, their offense. And look, you know, I mean, they, they've had a good season, but they just seem a tick off to me. Well, I, you know, whatever that is, they, they don't seem like the same team, mm. that same office. I know they won a lot of games and who is uh, some analyst to, you know, to criticize their offense from the outside. But, you know, even in that week five game, they did a great job of shutting down Levy and Bell. They had no answer for Telvin Smith in the run game and all the hesitation runs and all the things that Levy and Bell likes to do that really outside of one or two runs, um, they shut everything down. I mean, their speed and they picked up Marcel Darius halfway through the season. He's really played well. In the middle of that defense, the one weakness they had was they gave up a lot of rushing yards and some big runs, and they've kind of stopped doing that. And so I like the way Jacksonville is playing right now, and I think they're really well coached, and I think that team's going to bounce all over Heinz Field. I I still think Pittsburgh will win the game, but I think this Jacksonville defense is really going to show up, and it's going to be the defense that we're going to talk about for the next four or five years, I think, in this league. Well, I agree with you. That defense is something special. But just after seeing Blake Bortles struggle last week to make the easiest of throws or the simplest of throws, and of course, it's easy for me to say to be an offensive lineman, but it just seemed he he, he struggled just with touch. Uh, yeah, he and, did. And, and, and and I don't I don't know how you against going and going up to Pittsburgh and going in a hostile place. I know they won last uh, earlier this season, but I don't know how you, you you get over that when you can't complete a simple swing pass out of the backfield. Yeah. I'm with you, Lincoln. That's why I picked the Steelers still to win, just for the ineptness of Blake Bortles in the offense. It, it looks like they're just stuck in the mud. And I saw him back in Week 16 against the Houston Texans, and he played really well. And there was a three-game stretch there before Weeks 14, 15, 16, where he was really dynamic. He made a lot of big throws down the field and threw it with touch. But it didn't happen in Week 17, and it was just uh, it was backwards last week. So. You know, I mean, if your offense can't make the third down conversions and flip the field with some big plays in the passing game, then I think you're pretty well doomed. All right, so, Baldy, uh, lastly, you like Patriots to win. You like Steelers ultimately to win. You like the Saints to upset Minnesota. 
And who comes out of uh, Philly, Atlanta? I like the Falcons in a game, Gus. I just, okay. I just think that that Falcons. team is pretty well tested. Yeah. and I think Matt Ryan's used to being hit. And the punishment, I think, that's coming his way uh, rarely ever seems to really affect him. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, look, they went to the Super Bowl, and, and we've long chronicled the Eagles missing Carson Wentz. If if Carson Wentz was healthy, you would have the Eagles going to the Super Bowl, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. And if you go back and really study any any game almost all year long, I mean, the difference was Carson in the second half blowouts of games against the Cowboys, you know, Redskins, pick a game. It was all Carson Wentz. And I just think they don't have – not that he was magic. I mean, it was real, and it was a great great talent of what he did, but they just don't have that type of playmaker right now, and they need him. And Nick Foles, it's not a knock on Nick Foles. He is who he is. But this offense was elevated to the number one offense in football, and I don't think the offense – I don't just don't think they're the number one offensive football anymore. In fact, I know they're not, and they kind of need to be against the Falcons, I think, this afternoon. Baldy, great stuff, as always. And uh, you can follow Baldy at Baldy NFL on Twitter. And, by the way, on Instagram and your own YouTube channel. YouTube where, where can we find the YouTube, the YouTube channel? Yeah, you can go to uh, you know NFL.com. And uh, look up the videos, and, and I'm right there. And then you could go on YouTube and uh, Baldy's Breakdowns, uh, Instant Playbook. Under Instant Playbook, YouTube Instant Playbook, you can find all of my breakdowns. Awesome stuff, man. It's must-see YouTube TV. Thank you, my brother. Enjoy the weekend. All right, Anthony. Be good now. Take care, buddy. See you, Baldy. Thanks, brother. Here he is, the great Baldy. We'll come back, and uh, we have our selections for the weekend. We're the fellas on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back. We are the fellas. It's a divisional weekend here. Uh, Fox Football Saturday. We love our Fox Football Saturdays. Uh-huh. Lincoln Kennedy, Anthony Gargano. Hey, don't forget, stay tuned to Big Lead with Jason McIntyre coming up next. Don't go anywhere. All right. Big Link. Let's try to get some picks going, shall we? All right. I'm tired of picking my nose. Let's pick some picks. Yeah, let's find out. Let's uh, start out with the with the layup. It is the Patriots and the Titans. The Patriots right now 15-point favorites. Oh, my goodness. Well, the problem for the Titans is that their, their, their defense does not do well at covering the tight end. They do not well do well covering backs out of the backfield. And so that's what the Patriots do well um, uh, on, on the other side of the ball. Maybe they'll get inspired and try to control the clock and run the snot out of Derrick Henry. So I'll take – I think the Patriots are going to win, but I'll take the Titans with the points. You'll take the Titans with the points. All right. That's amazing. Uh, let's go to Iowa Sam. Rat, what do you got? <laughs> um, I th- I'm going to take uh, the uh... – the Patriots and lay it. Uh, this is going to be long. It's going to be bloody. It's going to be gory. It's not going to be good for Tennessee. <laughs> we got Triple M. Uh, I really want to try and find a reason to take the Titans with the points, but I just cannot do it. They're just not that good of a team, and the Patriots are rested. So, yeah, give me the Pats. All righty. I'm with you there. 
Uh, I'll take the New England Patriots, and it's you know, kind of is what it is. Jacksonville and Pittsburgh. Uh, what do you got for this one, then? What do you uh, got? For uh, the I got line? this at a, I got this at a touchdown for Pittsburgh. All right, Pittsburgh seven, Lincoln. You know what? Here's the thing. Um, I do believe in Jacksonville's defense. I do believe in their run game. I do not believe in Blake Bortles. And I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is going to force the ball down the field, as I said earlier. He's going to pick on the more in the middle part of the field, test the safeties and the linebackers' depth, uh, as well as the, the line of scrimmage with their screen game. So I like Pittsburgh in this game. All right, there you go. Uh, we got the uh, rat. I like uh, I like the Steelers in this game, but I'm going to take the Jaguars plus the points. Jaguars plus the a tight points, one, a real tight one. I feel you, M. I think Blake Bortles is going to be Lay Blake, the the Lay Blake that we all know and love. I'm going to go with the Steelers and lay it. All right, you're going to lay with the Steelers. I'm going to back La Blake. I got La Blake and the board oh, and the yeah. and the Jaguars. I think their defense is going to play well. I think the Steelers win, but have to come back to do it and win it on a field goal at the end. So I'll take the Jaguars with the points. Uh, Eagles-Falcons. The Falcons are three-point favorites. Is that what you got? Uh, I, I, yeah, I got the Falcons two and a half. Falcons two and, two, and a half. Fa- Falcons oh, two and a half. Ooh. All right. Lake, who you got? Man, I, I just don't I don't know how they're going to get it done. Um, I got to go with Falcons here. All right. Uh, who you got there, uh, Rat? Sadly, I must also go with the Falcons. If it was uh, Wentz in there, it'd be a different story. All right. How about you, M? You know, I'm going to take a chance on this one. I'm going to take the Eagles. I'm going to take the Eagles in front of the home crowd. That a guy. All right, I got the Eagles as well. Fly, Eagles fly on the road to victory. And finally, New Orleans, Minnesota, Lincoln. Vikings. All right, M. Vikings. Rat. I'm going to take the Vikings as well. Well, nobody's taking the Saints. I like the Vikes too. Baldy like the, the Saints. I'm going to go Vikes. All right, there you have it, everybody. Have a great day. Enjoy all the football this weekend. The fellas, well, we're out. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.